0: welcome back to the 573 podcast i'm your host today steven ebers and today we have a fun fun episode Um, we've got a group of guys from the local area that uh, they go hunting out west on a regular basis we've got austin carter nick scott ryan hager and casey kimry and uh, we kind of do a round table talking all things western hunting this podcast, I felt like it was necessary to have because there's a lot of guys and gals out there that uh, are from small town areas just like us, and um, they take a look at the western scene, and it's overwhelming. So we talk about, you know, how to prepare to go out west, the expectations to have out west, and uh, useful equipment that we would bring, and Tools, we talk about the apps that are going to help you out west, and you know, it's just an informational podcast. But we also talk about our hunting stories, and we had a lot of success um, out west this year, so really exciting topics and discussion that we had. And as always, you know, we want you to learn something and take something away from these episodes, but also. We hope you enjoy. All right, and we're rolling. So, uh, guys, uh, let's do a little introduction before because we've kind of got the crowd in here. So, uh, obviously, I'm Steven. Um, Who else we got in the room here? Uh, Nick
1: Scott. Ryan Hager. Austin Carter.
0: Casey Kimmer. All right, so now you guys are uh, introduced. Um, We are going to be talking about western hunting for the most part, but I feel like... With the time of year that it is, it would be a sin not to talk a little bit about the whitetails and, and what you guys are seeing in the woods right now and are you guys doing any hunting? I mean, it's prime time.
1: Oh yeah, I've been been hitting it pretty hard.
0: yeah are, what are you guys seeing? I mean this warm weather is just it's not the ideal weather, but uh, it's I mean still got to be out there, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, supposed
1: to be off work. Couple days this week, but it's it's been pretty warm, so I I don't know. Gonna hopefully the cold front Wednesday. Will yeah, saw get that thing, coming up. Get things back up and moving, but early season was pretty good.
0: Any of you guys take off for like a rutcation or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I actually
2: had my rutcation planned for this Thursday and Friday, but I'm actually at work today and I'm working tomorrow and I think I'm gonna work Monday, waiting on that Tuesday cold front. It's supposed to rain but uh, I'm supposed to cool down after
0: that, so just kind of waiting on that cold front. Then yep. yeah, been, seems been, to be every chance I can since
2: yeah. basically we got back from out west. So
0: I've seen a lot of good ones hit the ground just in the last couple of days, though. Yeah. So don't don't let the warm weather deter you, but yeah, there's
1: been a lot of guys on hunting pages. Yep. <laughs> getting it done and then making that exact comment that warm and windy, but they're still they're still moving. So yeah, the
2: rut still happens at right the same time every year.
1: Yeah. Yep. Need to need to get better. And be that guy that gets one in October. <laughs> <That> doesn't happen <laughs> sometimes. Exactly. It doesn't work out <laughs> like Steven did. Yes, yeah, so exactly. You got a nice one, man. That, that was a nice one. I appreciate it awesome. a little
0: little luck involved in that, but you know, no, you gotta go found find fresh it. sign and, yep.
1: and set up on it. That's that is that's how it's supposed awesome. to happen in October. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was certainly pretty happy about it, but right now I'm suffering because I love seeing that rut activity. You know. Yeah, and yeah. is there any? I don't know, for myself personally, since I don't get to hunt out there, is there any any adjustments that you guys are making since the warm weather's happening? Like, you guys hunting over something different? I haven't yet, but my thought this
2: weekend was I've had a few spots that, you know, are like small ponds inside of, like, inside of timber, mm-hmm. and I plan to hit those this weekend. That's Just a... midday probably is what I'm going to do, was my thought on that. Still hunt my same, like, rut funnels. You know, in the in the morning, maybe in the evening, even, but midday, do the pond draw type yep, thing. You know, that's my thought for the weekend.
3: That's exactly what I was kind of thinking yeah. for tomorrow afternoon. Get out there pretty early because I'm just gonna do a hanging hanging hunt, and I'm gonna pack the decoy with me and set it up there. Hopefully, uh, find a uh, scrape habitual. or something close by that pond. Yeah, yeah. It's a pond off of, just off of a little draw with some some trees around it, and it's all just grown up pasture. Uh, so that's where all a lot of deer. Or coming out of is that, that little area right there, and I'm hoping with this south southwest wind uh, I can get on the back side of it and
0: that's get, another get thing. that
3: decoy out and play the wind to my advantage. But hunt this spot where I, I never hunt there just because that's where all the deer are, and I'm trying to get in there with that decoy and kind of just draw them over. So
0: I think it'll work. Just
3: pulling pulling that different thing because what I'm doing now is not working. I'm hunting woods fields. Just not seeing deer like I was. So
0: you've been out pretty regularly then? Uh, I haven't
3: hunted a whole lot. I've just been hunting weekends. Oh, okay. But that, that's probably the biggest thing too is just go.
4: <laughs> go. Yeah. That's yeah, probably my problem is not going
0: enough. So just be out there. Get in the woods. Out get out there. <laughs> in my opinion. Do any of you guys have any uh, cameras set up over water sources or anything like that? You know what? I don't. I've I don't always wanted to try it. Really. I got I,
1: one over a creek. I haven't even checked it
4: lately.
1: Yeah. Honestly. I've got one, like Nick is saying about the, the growed up pond. I've got a spot in the middle of a cornfield. That, but that's usually like an early season spot, mm-hmm. uh, and I've had all all summer I had three nice shooters out there, but once they cut the corn, it kind of usually dries up, but now that it's warm, it might be worth getting back into.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh,
1: I don't know, never really thought of it, but
0: well, might give it a shot. Uh, let's make a hard transition here, because I know you guys are not here just to talk about whitetails, we're here to talk about some western hunting, and yeah. Uh, I've got a load of questions for you, so I don't want to keep you too long talking about whitetails. Um, So we're, you know, just to kind of give the audience a a background, we're just some small town guys from mid-Missouri, you know, uh, trying to plan these DIY hunts out west and doing the best we can. But, you know, I, I, I picked you guys to be on the podcast and asked you if you would be on the podcast because you guys seem to be regulars whenever at least a couple of you I don't I don't know everybody you're not all familiar to me yet but uh it seems like you guys are regularly going out west
2: yeah all of us have been out at least twice yeah, Hager you've yeah. been out at least twice. you've been out two times yeah and then when you started first, in
1: 15 Casey I started
2: in 2012 I've been out west seven times wow well, oh shit I'm where too. have you been and and what have you hunted I've been to uh Montana Wyoming In Colorado, and I've hunted elk, mule deer, and antelope. So so. quite the variety then. Yeah, quite the variety. He's the (laughs) veteran.
0: Okay. And, uh, you know, so a big thing I think that, you know, a lot of guys don't end up going is because they don't really know how to go about the process. What, you know, Casey, I'll start with you since you've been so many times. What were you, how did you get involved in going out west?
2: I actually got invited my first year which was in 2012. Um, I had a buddy and him and his family um was actually him and his dad and grandpa for years went out to Montana mule deer hunting and uh they invited me the one year to go and I'd never been out west and it was something I always wanted to do so I took them up on that and we went out there but when I really got my feet wet without west was I guess it would have been two years later When I was standing at work one day and I was like, man, I've always wanted to go elk hunting and nobody's going to take me, (laughs) you know. So I just, I made the decision that day. I said, I'm going elk hunting. I was actually standing next to some guys in my crew and one of the guys was like, well, I'll go with you. I'm like, you serious? He said, yep. I said, all right. So we loaded up that year and uh, bought a couple over-counter tags in Colorado and we headed west. And that was a big, that was a big, uh. That was a big difference compared to Montana. Yeah. So when I went to Montana, I went with guys, they had a little bit of private. It was surrounded by national forest. They knew the deer, they knew where everything was. Um, when we got out there
0: to Colorado, I mean, we didn't know anything. <laughs> what did you do? How, how did you take <laughs> Colorado, and I'm assuming you hunted public land, and, and you know whatever access you could get, how did you break that down? Did you have a plan, or did you just kind of say, hey, this is a big chunk, let's go here?
2: We did have kind of a
0: plan. We talked to a guy that had harvested
2: a bull in this unit, and he said, man, he said, I was there for one day, (laughs) went out that morning, shot my bull, and I was done. And I thought, whoa, this is going to be (laughs) 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 easy. (laughs) I can't wait to get to Colorado (laughs) and fill these tags. Yeah. Uh, That was not the way it was. We hiked into that spot. I mean, he dropped a pin on the map for us. We hiked in there. It was a long hike in. Um, I think we did like 14 miles my first day in Colorado on feet. And uh, when we got back, I was beat. (laughs) And the other guy was beat that was with me. And um, no elk. We heard one bugle, uh, I think, or one bull. I think he sounded off three times. And he was at the bottom of a canyon that at that time I wasn't comfortable going down into.
0: Hmm.
2: I didn't know if I could even get back out of there. <laughs> it was that deep, <laughs> and uh, so we went back to camp that night. The next day, rain started, and it probably rained for thirty-six hours straight. I mean, we had standing water oh, inside of our tent. Um, when the rain finally cleared, it was foggy. We went to we drove up to a peak. We drove to the bottom peak went on up and when we got up there another rainstorm moved in and just clouded us out we couldn't even we were going up there basically glass and uh just didn't happen we came back down and after about three days in that area he had had a buddy that had hunted that spot and said he'd found some elk one time on the, the other side of the unit so we drove over there reset camp that night and uh we went hunting the next day and he ended up shooting a bull at 26 yards Wow! Blind luck. Blind luck. <laughs> the bulls yeah. were not talking. Yeah. Nothing was talking. We actually ended up, uh, I think we spooked a herd of elk, and we dropped to our knees, and uh, we were just making some cow calls and actually called a, uh, a spike back in, and we seen him. And then it was about two minutes later, um, I looked up, and I could see a branch antler bull coming through, and uh, I said, don't move. He's looking right at us. And that bull stared at us what seemed like five minutes, I don't know actually how long it was, um, before he turned and walked right into an opening in front of us and I ranged the bull at 26 yards over the guy's shoulder and he pinwheeled him. Awesome. It was Awesome.
0: That's a pretty sweet story because yeah. you guys have faced a lot of adversity right there. Yes. I'd no, say if like you want
1: to go back the next year. Yeah. It? Right. You got a bunch of other guys. I mean, you, one, yeah. We had his
2: truck out there that year driving down them mountain roads. We're driving down one of these mountain roads. And he had a pretty nice pickup. As we come down, we hear a big loud clank, and we look in our mirrors, and his exhaust completely fell off. Oh, I, mean, this, I mean, his truck was a rough. diesel. It was a diesel. It was throwing codes. All kinds of stuff when we got out west. I don't know if it was, you know, low oxygen or what, you know, but
0: it was horrible.
2: <laughs> horrible experience. It's not the pl- kind of place you want to be. Broken down. At.
0: <clears throat> no, no, no. Does anybody else have anything no. to add as far as like uh, taking a look at the overall picture? Say you're going to go hunt somewhere. How did you go about it before you actually went? I mean, were you guys looking up? statistics in the area were you e-scouting what what was kind of your preparation before you went out west
3: so my Montana trip we kind of like Casey we had a a little inside information from some guys that had been going in the past and uh they've had some luck at that spot and they had just I think they would hunted there five years in a row and then one that last year they're out there they're with more people than they like there. So they kind of went around to another trailhead and came in and ended up having some luck over there. And they were on bulls almost every day from that way. So he's like, Hey, this is where we used to go. There's, there's elk there, but you kind of got to work to get away from people. So we just found that out, found the trailhead, Google earthed it. And like I say, we, we had some inside information, but we just used Google earth at the at the beginning to look, look right. at the terrain, just try to give us directions to go from the trailhead. Cause all they did was just tell us, tell us the trailhead. And we went from there.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, I think that's important. You know, everybody knows somebody, you know, you're going to find somebody that has some background, whether they've been out West, just go ask them, you know, it's not, I mean, sometimes you see white, white tail hunters, they're kind of a little bit shy about want to say where their good spots are and whatnot I don't think that's the same with western hunting too much I think pe- guys are willing to to give you a little bit of intel knowing that you know you're up for the there's gonna be a challenge yeah just right. because you know a little bit doesn't yeah. mean you're gonna be successful. they can give you
1: a trailhead and there's a hundred thousand acres there yeah. Right. Go, you know, Good luck. Go get them. And you I know, agree with you to an extent,
2: but I think <laughs> with locals out west, <laughs> I think it's, they treat it just like we treat whitetail. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's
4: it's hit know. and miss. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of the guys in Wyoming were just they
1: just want to see people succeed. You know. Yeah, so I will say, say that Randy, where we did our antelope hunt, that that guy was he well was enough. more than happy to to give us any information we wanted, and and you know even gave us a rancher uh that you could pay a trespassing fee to go hunt his property and and that guy was you, you rented a cabin from us, uh so you rented, you know, basically my knowledge too to yeah, my if, if Very cool if you're if I'm you know, if you're paying me to stay here, uh I'll a guide of sorts, you know, kinda mm-hmm. here's where to go, here's what I know and, and just kinda giving you a step in the right direction, which was super super nice when we got there.
0: But. Yeah. So you guys stayed at a, a cabin? Or uh, something RV
1: park. Okay. Yeah. There's a for the antelope hunt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For in yeah. Wyoming.
0: Okay. Yeah. What'd y'all do for the uh, Colorado hunt this year? Colorado. Colorado. We do base camp. Base camp. camp. <laughs> we base camp. Man. Base camp. Some, <laughs> some of us froze. <laughs> Did <you> we, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the first year, me and Casey went. Uh, we said we're going to tent camp, and we hiked in about 12 miles and found some uh, a mama bear and her cubs and they scared us back (laughs) off the mountains. We we, we ran like schoolgirls back down, and then we got into elk like, what, a mile, two miles from the truck? Max, yeah. And we're like, well, heck, we can just, uh, you know, we'll camp a lot closer to the truck, and we chased those elk for a few days and then uh, went down the road, and we found our current uh, spot we watched some guys where they're packing out they like were
2: packing a, out a four point that four day point.
1: yeah we just happened to pull in the parking lot and we're looking at the lay of the land and here come these guys down
2: the trailhead full packs and we're like yeah this might be a good spot to check out yeah. I, was it
1: i think it was that night when that hailstorm rolled in and like to beat the window out of the truck
2: no i it was, was the it second night we second were there at we that parking yeah. lot but yes
1: so yeah. after <laughs> that year we hit hailstorm and then the that would have been sixteen, seventeen. We picked up Hager and went to Idaho, and yeah. <laughs> just got oh. our oh, just got whipped. It, that is one thing I will tell you guys: there's,
2: there's a real chance of going out west and having the absolute worst weather, and you got five or six days of vacation planned, Yep. <laughs> and you just get stuck in a snow and rainstorm for five or six it, days. It was a real great first. Yeah. Trip oh, on oh yeah, that you was know. that was Hager's first <laughs> trip out west. So, <laughs>
1: That, yeah, two years of terrible weather, I bought a five-by-eight box trailer, and that is now base camp, and it will go on every trip out west that I go on, whether we need it or not. Staying dry. Yeah, we can just, we set up, uh, you know, it, it, sleeps, it four. sleeps four uh, comfortably, <laughs> <laughs> depending on your standards, <laughs> and it's dry. That is the... It's more comfortable. Yeah, than that's the it, most important thing, I think. Yeah, and that's, yeah. you know, uh that kind of, Casey gave me a reality check on that the first year was... What are you gonna hunt in? Uh, the Wrangler camo pants and shirt that I have, and, and that wouldn't have worked because when when cotton gets wet out west, it's there's not a you're not going back home to watch TV and dry it out. You're you're stuck here in, in your wet clothes. So that's a good tip, man. So good, good camo that dries fast uh, is a lifesaver out there. Gear in general, I mean, anything yeah. that's gonna help you is worth it. Wool socks. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, little socks. Synthet- Waterproof boots. Uh, synthetic. Yes. <laughs> Waterproof <laughs> boots. Man, that
1: first year, yeah. oh, I thought my feet were going to ride off. They got wet on day two, I think, and just never dried out. I had one pair of socks. I lost them, and then I the second pair was sopping wet, so it was...
2: And you had more of a light hiker boot. I can't remember. What's the name of the those? Those were uh, Morels. The Morels. They,
1: and they were... A, They're good boots. If you went to Arizona in the summer and were hiking, I think they would be great. Yeah. Uh, Colorado in September with uh, rain every day. <laughs> they, were not, they didn't cut the... They didn't cut it.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's all good stuff, guys. Uh, it's important, you know... There's a lot of things that I think, you know, out west are different from around here. Like you said, you can't just go home, warm up by the fire, and watch TV. You have to bring stuff to be able to handle your 5- to 10-day trip. Um, is there anything that you guys, other than waterproof boots, wool socks, <laughs> and good camo, uh, would recommend a guy going out for the first time to bring out west that you thought, man, I should have had this, or you know something like that? Uh, well, we usually add something to
1: the list and take something i would say year, a good honest. pack if it's your first year going and you don't know what you're going to spend money on and you i, I would say boots and a pack are probably the two biggest thing those two most important. You, wear yeah. those, you wear those In, the
2: entirety of the trip yeah then. and
1: this has been our fifth year before we really or my fifth year before we really got to use the packs and then you realized this thing was worth every penny uh, because we brought out, uh, what well, we bring us six animals this year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the packs really got used in, in your feet. I mean, we put on average of 10 miles a day. You can't, you got to have a good boot to yeah. withstand. And them. I can remember
2: I relayed that information to you the first yeah. year we went. And that was because yeah. when my buddy shot that elk um, before we had went, I, I did, I purchased a QU pack. And I had been out west one time before, didn't really have to pack anything out where we were at. But um, I just I had read a lot, and everybody talked about, man, a, a good pack is, is well worth the money. So I purchased a QU, and um, on the way out there, we stopped at Cabela's, and he bought a, an aluminum frame pack. And uh, by day two, he couldn't even wear it. In fact, when he shot his bull, he had a uh, just regular, like a Cabela's day pack 1200 cubic inch maybe not even that much maybe 800 i mean literally the only thing he took out was like uh the two tender tenderloins and then, oh man and then i came out with a about 100 pound load on my back it fell i, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't weigh it so i don't want that to go go on um, people he didn't
0: carry no 100 pound load out but it was heavy it was a lot it, yeah uh, i gotta thank nick for uh let me use his kuyu pack this sh- i mean i don't know what it's like to have a different pack because i this is my first time uh, out west but that kuyu pack did amazing and uh, i was able to store a lot of stuff in there pack meat out it withstood a lot of i mean it was rough country i mean you guys know that mm-hmm. and and you guys you guys are archery hunting for the most part right or have you been out west to gun hunt at all We've gun hunted our antelope. Yeah, we rifle hunted antelope, deer and deer. I've
2: rifle hunted mule deer as well okay. in the past.
0: So I'll have to say that the uh, the best best thing to not forget as a first-time hunter going out west is Onyx. Um, not a plug or anything. It just saved my ass a lot. <laughs> yeah, download yeah. your maps before you exactly. get there. Exactly. Download yeah, those line. offline <laughs> maps for sure. I mean, I had no service for 10 days and uh, every time we were out some we were out somewhere till dark and we were you know five or six miles away from camp. Now it, uh, it sounds pretty rugged, but really we got to use ATVs, so we'd be about four miles using the ATV and then two or three miles with yeah. on foot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you always put the tracker on when you're going to your spot. Yeah. That way you can track yourself right back out whenever you're going back. Yeah. It's <laughs> <just, laughs> easy
1: to get
3: disoriented. When we, when we first started, Onyx was new. So unless you were up with with that type of stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you didn't know about it. So my first year out there, I had a little handheld GPS that I didn't even know how to use. I just knew the whole area I was going that I could walk a long way in any direction and not have a problem of running into private land. But uh, getting back after dark and stuff, I mean, I was kind of just yeah look at what direction we've gone all day yeah but yeah well I yeah. can remember in is nice in 2015 Definitely.
2: I was using an app called Avenza Maps or I think that's what it was Avenza Maps
1: yeah I think and that's I actually mean, 16, yeah I used it in
2: 2016 16. too what and what you do is you go on there and you basically you purchase a map area for 3.99, I think is what it is and it and then that downloads to your phone and it'll track your gps across that map but you yeah. just have just that section of ground that you purchased for 399. i think we used that well, that's not might have yeah i think yeah, i did download yeah. a map I just think, because but I, I was starting to use onyx but i was more familiar with that avenza because i yeah. used it the last three years
1: Right. It's a, a lot more convenient girls. walking out that Onyx yeah. Yeah. map on your yes, phone now, well, for sure. Those guys did something special. And a good point <laughs> with Onyx, too, is in Wyoming, it was all those little patches of ground, and that landowner that me and Nick walked up on, it wasn't even a landowner. That guy was swearing up and down. We were on private ground we were not supposed to be on, and Onyx, you know, if, if things came to a head, uh, we were where we were supposed to be and as far as legal terms
0: go. Right, so he was trying to tell you this isn't land for the public. This is private. Yeah, that that guy,
3: guy, he had leased some land from a guy and that guy had leased the grass off of the BLM land. Mm. So that guy thought that or was trying to tell us that we couldn't be on the BLM land because that guy leased it, but yeah. that's not how it is. As
1: long as it's BLM ground, and what ran As long as we're not eating the grass, we, got, uh, we could be there. So, so some guys <laughs> yeah. probably
0: yeah. would ask, "What is BLM land?" Do you guys have a definition for that? Bureau, Bureau of Land, land Management. Yeah.
1: And the best we and got, <laughs> it, the best we got to explain to us is it's it's national ground, right? That that the ranchers lease from. It's a federal ground. Isn't it's it? federal, federal ground, but, believe, yes. but ranchers can lease it to graze cattle
0: on. Correct. Right. Yeah. So that's, only that's the only real it. difference is that somebody's probably farming it, but you're allowed to hunt it. Yeah. they're, they're, yeah, they're
3: it, it, all they're getting from it is the grass is the grass
2: right yeah that's where you run it to. they they run cows
3: on it and if there's cows on it you can still it's still BLM run you can still hunt it and if the gate's closed when you go in there close the gate behind you
0: yeah yeah respect it Um, I know that I ran into one of those things where we were on a trail and uh, all it is is just please close the gate Mm -hmm. when we come back somebody hadn't closed the gate just do your part you know yeah keep the trash in the trash and yeah. And we, Close we, the were, gates.
3: we were warned ahead of time from from a guy that if we hunted this part of BLM that we're going people are gonna try to run us off of it. So
0: You had a heads up. We
3: we knew that if we didn't know that in advance, that guy might have intimidated us enough and made us believe that we were in the wrong even though our Onyx showed us dead Different. middle and BLM no no question about it.
0: I think I heard this story actually, but, and from uh, what I understand, you actually went and talked to a. Uh,
3: we th- we ended up talking to a uh, a game game, game, game warden. warden. Uh, a day later, we didn't we wasn't trying to get that guy in trouble or anything. We just, just we just were trying to clear things up just yes. to make sure everything and
0: sure
1: yeah. So he he cleared it up and uh yeah, we didn't have any other trouble after that. And so. speaking of game wardens, I thought they were you know i guess they're game wardens out there uh super friendly guy just kind of we had you know a handful of questions and he was just you know hey you get one and luck kind of and we pulled up on i mean he was we were hunting still and yeah we saw him so we just stopped in by him. yeah as far as he was great can we do this can we you know just making sure that we were in the in the clear on on kind of our tactics as far as hunting goes and and where to be and, and not to
0: be and this that and the other. They're a great resource. I mean, super good resource. Non-residents, you know, they don't. You don't always see the fine print, and so sometimes you might not be doing something you're not supposed to, be, or you might be doing something you're not supposed to be and not even realize it, because there's a lot of little things that maybe someone could overlook. So if you if you catch a game warden, have any questions, definitely.
1: I think it's definitely worth the talk time to talk to To talk to them, yeah. We met. Yeah. There was two of them on that trip we you ran into. There was one at our. Uh, at the meat locker where we were hanging hanging meat at and then uh, the other one we met in the field. Both nice guys. Yeah, and all
3: all, st- all of those western states are different. Like their rules are different. So just being familiar yeah. with one of the western state rules is not for say you're familiar with Wyoming, you go into Montana or or Idaho or anything like that. I mean, their their rules are are completely different there, so you need to be up on all all the states. You know.
0: And you can go to their websites yeah. and, and figure that all yeah, out. Can. Um, you can find if they're a draw state over the counter state. Um, what you know, you can even look by unit what the odds are you getting a animal of your choice for the most part. I think a lot of those yeah. websites carry that information. Is it Go Hunt that you use?
3: I use yeah. Go Hunt, but they, they gain go get Go Hunt gains all of their stuff off of everybody's game game and fish page yeah, yeah and they that's just they resource. break it down and just put everything where you just type it in and it brings go all hunt. that stuff
0: okay i had not heard of that so yeah. go we'll
3: hunting check it out yeah it's oh yeah it's what i use on everything that's, that's right. worth
2: a, that's worth a look if you're going to be going out west much um go hunt's definitely an invaluable resource what
3: what makes it so good well we'll We'll go over that after the podcast here.
0: We'll look at it. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Well, Go just... hunt sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no. So I, I totally agree with you about the, the rules. You know, Wyoming, you can't be a non-resident and go to a wilderness area by yourself. You have to have a Wyoming resident guide, whereas Montana... You can hunt wherever you want as long yeah. as it's you got the access and, and
3: Montana wilderness is probably more rugged than Wyoming yeah so probably a lot of people say so yeah
0: who knows what the uh, thoughts are behind that but yeah. it's uh it's what the rules are so you got to make sure that you know them and uh I think we touched on it a little bit but I'd like to talk about it a little more the expectations of western hunting what what expectations from uh <laughs> start out with them real low <laughs> yeah. Well, the way we leave every year is
2: a couple oh, three fifty bulls on the ground. I <laughs>
1: think there's a there's a dumb and dumber meme that's like, <laughs> go with headed hunting and they're smiling and they come back like they just got their dicks drugs to the
4: desert, and it's just like, yep. Go, go with people who'd have real expectations, not people who are gonna hype um, you up and make you believe fairy tales.
2: That's that's know. me for hanging Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would I don't know. As far as expectations go, I mean, expect to kill, you know, yeah. and have a good time. If it's your first year, we've had a lot of guys ask since we came back from this tri- trip specifically, you know, oh, man, you guys finally killed something. Well, it took us five years of getting beat up to have a successful trip. And part of that definitely was, was drawing those antelope tags. Uh, if it's your first year going and you're wanting to have a good time, I would I would recommend everybody try to. To get an antelope tag, yeah. versus okay. chasing that you know that pipe dream of I'm going to yes. go kill a big giant bull, yeah, like they do on TV because it's not going to happen. Dude. Not no. <laughs> in I my mean, eyes. You, had, you
2: got the same chance everybody else does, but that chance is very low. If you start yeah, looking at the you know I the would, success rates and stuff on public yeah. ground in Colorado, it's was it, it's, it's, it's nine
0: percent, I think. With
2: I think in our unit it was seven. Seven percent archery. And wow. mm-hmm. hey,
0: I'll just say that. Uh, you know, I was in a unit in Wyoming that was 38%. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> it was awesome. only two guys <laughs> killed bulls. One of them was maybe 270, yeah. you know, scored 270. Yeah. It was a good bull. Pretty but well, amazing. It was a pretty-looking bull. Pretty bull. Yeah, yeah it was. It definitely was. And it was a yeah. good really, really cool story. I guess I should yeah. share it now. Yeah. because you know, really really I want to hear it uh, enough about so, us. You, <laughs> have, you had a great trip. So, you know, we killed uh, three out of our six tags in wyoming and we took guns it was gun season for for late season elk and uh when when uh my father and i got there there was already guys set up for camp and and stuff like that that we were camping with and the day the next day um they told us to stay back kind of get accustomed to the Elevation and whatnot, so we kind of skipped out on the morning hunt, and they said they would be like, "Hey, we'll we'll, we'll put you in a decent spot in the afternoon," because they had been familiar with this area; they've hunted for many years. So we went and hunted one area, and they went and hunted the other area. Well, when they come back, they came back super late, so we thought uh, worried about them at first, but then we come to find out one of them shot one, and he said that he was sitting in a meadow, and he saw this. Spike bull run across the the meadow and he was there for anything if it came out and it had horns he was shooting it so he run across the meadow to go after it and put his scope up and everything and when he put his scope up he realized there's a whole herd of elk down in this creek bottom so he kept telling himself, okay, herd bulls in the back herd bulls in the back <laughs> and Sure enough, these, this herd came through and this bull popped out and he took about a 100-yard shot with 30-odd-six and he says he pegged him. Now, it was super low light, so no, not really sure, but he was he was pretty sure he pegged him, you know, right in the vitals. And, uh, you know, he comes back to camp. Everybody's pumped for the guy, you know. Next morning we're going to go out and we're going to go look for him. Because uh, they didn't see any blood at the shot site, but, you know, that's kind of how they did things. They waited till the next morning. That's a good idea. And this was the first evening you all were there? First evening we were there. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. And so we, we go out that morning. All of us are packing guns because if there's a herded elk there and <laughs> yeah. he just shot the herd bull, <laughs> they're really rescue. not going to know what's going on. Right. So th- maybe they're confused and they stuck around. So we're all ready to go, and we go to the spot, and there's no elk there. Um, we're using a GPS and OnX to track us looking for blood and in a probably 200-yard radius of where he shot this thing. And uh, as I'm easing up the mountain, I hear this one of the guys in our, our group go, You got him, man. He's huge. So we're, we're pumped. We're all fired up, cheering, you know what I mean? And I'm walking up to, to where I heard his voice, and all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and I hit the ground because I didn't know what was going on. I <laughs> <laughs> had no clue what was going on. And uh, he wouldn't say anything. The guy wouldn't say nothing. And so I'm concerned. I'm sitting you know, behind the biggest tree possible just to make sure I'm not downraged or anything, which I wasn't. And he was... Far enough off and pointed the other direction. He had no, you know, there was no worries and, but it, you know, Not I didn't no. know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So uh, finally, he answers and he goes, "He's still alive." And uh, the other two guys, the guy that shot the bull and another guy, come up and they meet me and I'm real close to him and we walk about another fifty yards and there he is standing. Well, the guy that shot the bull doesn't have a gun in his hand he left his gun down yeah. in the bottom while he was tracking this thing. And so I'm like, here, take my gun, you know what I mean? And he's, he wouldn't take it. He's like, no, no. And I was like, well, you know, the other guy offered him his gun, so he took the other guy's gun, shot, or tried to shoot three times, but he didn't know how the safety worked, so it was all it was all a mess, right? Finally, I handed him the gun, and he shot it, and... Didn't do anything to this bull. And I assume he this stood is happening there. pretty quick. This, this is, is all happening pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. That bull, that bull was on his deathbed. He yeah. was gonna die, but he hadn't yet. And uh, finally, there was a guy there with a forty-five seventy, and he just smoked him. And that bull, boom, hit the dirt. Mm-hmm. Nothing left. He was done. And uh, that we all got fired up because we oh, were all yeah. sitting there and we watched the bull. You know. So we all got to be there for that one and that was a really cool experience because Yeah, that's awesome. This is my first, first day yes. basically yes. hunting, yes. you know what yes. I mean? This was your first trip out west. First trip out west. Oh, this guy smokes a bull so camp. I got
2: high hopes, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And I feel like what you were talking about with like uh, how you guys rested that next morning, um, because of the altitude change and everything.
0: And I don't oh, know if that's a really good that idea. Com-
2: I don't know if that's something we've come to combat, though, over the years, because we drink a, l- a lot of a lot water on the way out there. Yeah. And like this year, we got there at, what, 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning. And uh, Ryan, you-, you elected to stay behind. Yeah. But uh, me and Nick and Austin, yeah. we took off running up
1: the mountain ready yeah. to go. I'm at Ten not, A. M. They they were, were, I'm we were not to anybody. By noon that day I was whipped. I was <laughs> I don't know that I was whipped by know I I when we
2: sat down, um, I don't know what time it was when yeah. we got about five miles back in, I we all sat down for about an hour and a half and that and, was a good and, we, yeah. and then and we I, took a good break. Yeah. But I can remember in other years, like the first year I went elk hunting, getting there, and um spending about an hour just setting up camp and I was so winded that I didn't I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I gonna move out here? <laughs> and I don't feel like I have that issue as bad anymore. I
4: don't and I, you know, I haven't gone near as much as you know, you all have or yeah. but it doesn't hit me like it seems like it used to, you know. Yeah. when I'm going out west and I think you just kinda get yeah. used to I mean like you I said. don't know yeah. if you ever fully
2: do no, but no, I do no. think you uh my know, muscles, well, there's things you can do to prepare for it. Yeah, my muscles
3: definitely weren't because when we sat down like that, remember when I went to get back up to go get some water? Because we took a break by some water. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I went up to go filter some more water. And I've been down to fill up my bag to filter water. And my legs just charlie horsed up. And that wasn't lack of water. It was just... I think just lack of oxygen for my muscles and everything, yeah. and they just weren't used to the altitude. So
2: yeah, you're gonna I, get sore faster. I, I feel
3: uh, yeah, like I think it's kind of a real deal. think it's a good idea to sit back, like they those guys taught you as well. They they were <laughs> experienced, you know. They knew
0: what they were talking about. But I tell you this, I, that that morning must have acclimated me because, you know, the next morning I was packing out about 100 pounds of meat right. because I'm working you're right. <laughs> I'm not gonna say they were old guys because that would offend them probably, but they were. Not Yeah, they were older than, you. The, yeah, older than <laughs> me. <laughs> and uh, So I I took the brunt of the of the meat, and uh, you'll see it. If you go on the Instagram page and, and look, you'll see me with three different packs. All of them had meat in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was all in one trip. That was kind of stupid, to be honest, but we were trying to get them out in one trip so we could go hunt in the afternoon. And in our opinion, that's the best kind of pain you can
2: have. Oh, well, I was doing it with a smile on my face. Than, there's
1: nothing better than a yeah, heavy well, pack. Like when we talking about taking that, sitting down and taking that break, and I was, I was hurting. I was, I was not doing good. I think I either, I know I either took a pre workout or a five hour energy and kind of you know gave myself let's let's do this and then what maybe 200 yards later uh 200 yards later drew back on my first western animal and, and smoked that muley and i was <laughs> just back on cloud nine and, oh, man. and we're five miles deep and now we have a <laughs> dead deer on the ground that we have to get back to camp and it was
4: it was yeah. amazing was that,
1: was day, was? Was? that, that was day one day one that was day one, was day one. yeah one. what time first, did we shoot that thing look. that was first <laughs> they came yeah. back late that evening and oh, sure. yeah. it, was late. <laughs> it was it was maybe an hour after dark or so yeah. it wasn't terribly late no Oh, no, that's what
2: I mean. Well, but. you shot him pretty, like I
0: mean, 4.15? 4.15, We gave him half hour, probably took maybe 30 minutes. Why don't, why don't minutes we uh, st- take a step back and, and kind of tell us how it went down?
1: Um. So we kind of started that, yeah. We got out of the truck at 9.30-ish. 9, 9.30. Sometime, basically rolled into Colorado. Kimry jumps out and ran hot laps around the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Activate. He's an animal. <laughs> and then uh, we kind of, well, back to base camp, we knew that weather can get crappy in a hurry, so we kind of took some time to uh, basically park the trailer, unload everything that's in the trailer, got all of our gear set up, and then kind of, okay, when we get back, we'll have, you know, somewhere. Uh, if we get back, We me and Nick had kind of planned on camping out that night, and then we hiked in and didn't see anything i don't think we didn't see any deer on the there's way not a lot of no. sign really either yeah. yeah we went into like the five mile point and there's a good water hole uh, a spot that we knew about to just set we ate lunch there and then mm, that was probably three o'clock or so maybe mm-hmm. and then we probably were basically probably looking looking for kind of evening movement or somewhere to camp uh, and in years past we'd always seen Seen the mule deer uh, on the logging road. So our plan was basically, we're gonna hike this logging road, hopefully see one off the logging road and either uh, in by road. I don't mean this is road hunting. This is no. roads closed at the base of the mountain and you can hike the road in or bike it, or, or horseback. They're
0: like access trails on a public land ground here. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not You can shoot them off the access It's not, not walking
1: down the highway here or driving a truck down that way. It's it's a road, but it's uh, it's. I, I think they built counties. that
2: road so the loggers can get in there. Yeah. Um, they come in, cut out the beetle the, kill, do timbers, some clear cutting yeah. sometimes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why they built I think it's that just road through access, there. But there's a gate a right at the bottom where we road. camp. I just
1: wanted to clarify that. that No, that's in road hunting out west. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get it done, guys. Which (laughs) Which a lot of people do do. Do a lot of people. Which it
2: means something different than I think. What people in Missouri think when you hear road (laughs) hunting out west, it means that they glass the animals
1: from the road and then they and then pursue them. Yeah, but we uh, that's a group
0: tactic. Mm -hmm.
1: Hiking the road back down and nicking. I was kind of slow going, getting back up and grabbed, I think I grabbed, filled up my Nalgene with water again, and they were maybe 20 yards ahead of me. And I just kind of hiking along, and I looked to my left, and all I seen was giant G2s hanging out of the brush. And I was like, oh, giant, or big muley, giant, something along those lines. Keep going, guys, keep going, guys. Muley, muley, muley. Me and Nick are out front,
2: ahead of you, chatting like a couple schoolgirls. I've never even seen him in the brush.
1: (laughs) So we kind of walked past maybe 50 yards, and then – I don't know why. Uh, I guess that's part of having a good team. I'm yelling at Kimry, get your bow. There's a muley. You're going to shoot this thing. And we spun back around and and walked past him in case he's going, I don't see him, I don't see him. And something clicked in my mind. I'm like, hey, dumbass, you got a bow. You can shoot this thing. (laughs) Just to clarify,
2: also, Kimry went... Why don't you shoot him Carter? And Carter, at this point, was not even remembering that he had a mule deer tag in his pocket. That I kind of went mush brain there for a minute,
1: uh, and then at full draw, Nick whispers, uh, 32 yards." And I was like, "That's probably also good information to know." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and we uh, a frontal shot is a uh, with a, the right setup that we practiced all summer, and and uh, kind of decided on. We're going to take a frontal shot and pinched it and thought it hit its mark <laughs> and then kind of emotions took over and we well we gave him half hour of kind yeah. of just, I think so. 50, we gave him 15 minutes. 15 minutes, which was a long 15 minutes,
3: <laughs> long, to, find 15 minutes. Arrow, yeah. to find, yeah. the, arrow. To find yeah. the arrow. to find the arrow. He he went out of sight. They a would probably st- ways. stood So one. once we found the arrow, I had to I had my composure still kept. I was <laughs> I was excited, but <laughs> I was gone. keeping keeping them two from yeah. just running after these, the running these. right after the deer after shot. <laughs> I looked at my clock on my phone, and said 15 minutes from now, if we don't hear him die. We'll go get the arrow, and then we'll assess from the arrow. Right. We got there. The arrow had yeah. blood on it. Uh, I said let's give it another fifteen minutes. Uh, in the meantime, we did hear some rustling in the brush, the brush down down yeah. below, in the direction he went. Maybe thinking that he. We we didn't know if we spooked him coming in to the arrow because mm-hmm. it wasn't that far away, but we just stayed there quiet. Uh, gave another fifteen minutes. Went. Uh, picked up the blood trail yeah. uh pretty good blood trail and
2: yeah. we could actually see blood on two logs from where the arrow yeah. we picked the arrow up where he ran there you know a lot of a lot of uh blow down out there dead trees and stuff two of them that he crossed we could see just for painted. sure blood spots yeah. on those trees so we we're pretty confident at that point
0: we were feeling yeah. good and we we
1: tracked yeah. pretty slow too we did we did uh, we took it very slow we, we <laughs> took our time
0: kind of stayed quiet Yes. Yeah, just yeah. kind of
1: inch long, and uh, had arrow knocked, kind of waiting and waiting. And See, that's then, what
0: you should do uh, on an animal you're not sure is dead or not. You should probably bring your gun bring or your weapon. make sure <laughs> that definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. but that's something you should do if you're a first-time, you know, Western yeah. hunter.
1: But, uh, yeah, and then we kind of, like I said, slowly blood-trailed, and Cameron uh, kept glassing, kind of ahead, looking, looking, and he looked at me with the shitty grin, and he was like, congratulations and i'm still panicking because <laughs> i don't see anything dead oh, yeah. and then it was kind of uh you know i think he died on the run kind of belly first uh, up underneath some pine trees and then there's a video somewhere that's uh some kind of lost it yeah <laughs> i was pretty worked up over that deer biggest biggest deer with a bow so wow uh, and a at mule deer and it was a meal yeah first, first uh, I think it was within
2: five hours or six hours of being in Colorado yeah that, from when we, when we, that was yeah. an amazing feeling that. That <laughs> awesome.
1: we Man. started off that trip on a high note because it was yeah you know, I don't
0: think you looked there. back either really from the pictures and everything I was seeing you guys were just hanging. we never gave up we'll put yeah. it that way we, no. we kept
3: we kept And we, we wouldn't we, let anybody get down either too we, yeah. when somebody no. was wanting to kind of yeah. slack that up or is, something we, we kept each other kept each other going. That's going And that is a
2: huge thing out west, in my opinion, is, is, having, is a um, good group of guys. having a good group of guys that can pick you up. I've been fortunate enough to have that almost every year I've went out west, I think. Yep. Um, I can remember when I was talking about my first out west Colorado trip, and after that rain set in for 36 hours, you want to talk about wanting to spin the wheels around and go home.
0: You gotta kind have talked. a
2: good group of guys. I mean, I mean, and the guys with lucky enough, you know. I mean, we just talked about it. Say, hey, we drove all the way out here. We got this time off work. We don't get much of that. We're gonna stay. We're gonna try and make something
1: happen. And uh, and that was
2: a good deal back then.
1: Yeah, that's what I said on the our first trip. Uh, Casey's the one that got me going out west. You know, on a, on the way home. I I didn't know Casey from from anybody you know I, I heard the legend of them you know and then, and then we kind of got talking uh just kind of texting here there throughout the summer and then uh got in a worn out chevy pickup and, and headed to the mountains and then we came home after 10 days and and we didn't want to kill each other i was like i think we're going to be friends you know yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: fast forward a few fast, years he's best man at my
0: wedding yeah here we are if you guys can be friends Ten you, days in the mountains, if, you, if can, you be can be friends su- anywhere. Yes, yeah. if you can
2: survive with somebody out west, yeah. they'll yeah. probably be the, your friend for the rest of your yeah. life. And yeah. you can very <laughs> well
1: have. And we talk about this a lot. You can have other buddies that you want to hang out with, and you know, go run the bars and or go play golf with or, or whatever you're into. But there's a, di- I think it's kind of a different set of friends when you're going on a on any kind of trip like that, where you the weather might get you down and uh, and just that's a
0: lot of other yeah. factors. That, Mentally, yeah. going to that mentally
1: hunting that many days in a row just it'll wear you out. And and having a good well, from good dark to goes. dark hunting too. I yeah. mean, it's Every not, day, it's not
3: like hunting around here. It's yeah, you're you're you start the day out hunting, you end the day hunting, you go to sleep, you wake up, and you do it for yeah. Yeah. say if you're there for ten days, you do it for your ten days that you're there. Yeah, you're not I going mean, you home to work don't on the honey nest and stuff. <laughs> you're
2: out there, and you've got your time and. Take a toll on a person. Yeah. Plus, you can. go back.
4: You're not going you, home to shower, and you know you you're going uh, showering. You're going, yeah, you're going to <laughs> sleep on the dirt, basically. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: and the investment, it's big too. You know, we it, you got it a It costs of money to go out west, and people say, well, it's cheap to go over the counter. And I mean, it is cheaper. Cheaper. But it's uh, not cheap. I don't. You know, depending on what your job is, and where you're at in your life, but uh, you know. Uh, it's, it's, a it's a lot cheaper than hunting, or it's a lot more expensive than hunting whitetails in Missouri. I can tell you oh, that for
3: sure. Yeah. Hey, we got on a rabbit hole there. Stephen and them just had a bull down in Wyoming. We did. So, oh, yeah. oh no! <laughs> hey. hey, I want to get back to that story. Yeah, I, got... no, I haven't heard the so, story. Yeah, when when right, we... I like,
0: I like, I like where we were at, but <laughs> uh, I've been
3: waiting to hear the end of the story.
0: Well, uh, I mean, he, the the dude shot that that elk with the forty five seventy, and it dropped, and. It was over. You know what I mean. The hunt was over. We got him. He was probably fifty yards when the dude shot him, and uh, so we, you know, we went over there and he wasn't, you know, fully passed away. We kind of sat quietly and just let him pass, and then, uh, you know, we started taking some pictures and you know getting the meat bags ready. I actually had to go back to the ATVs and go get all the the meat packs and stuff. Um, but got all the meats, got them quartered up and, uh, you know, a guy took a hammy here. Another guy took a front shoulder. I took, uh, another guy took two of the back straps. I think I took the hammy, the neck meat, catfish. I took a bunch of stuff. I was, I was gung-ho about this. I was like, listen, I want to struggle real bad, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> <That's laughs> awesome. Did you guys haul meat bone in? No. 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 Uh, I, yeah, I smart. I yeah. As I was okay, gonna say, that, I don't was,
2: recommend ever doing that. No. Bones you can't eat the bones. <laughs> you can't so eat the bones. They were determined
0: it's... to take that out in one trip, and we had four guys pack it out. You know, the guy that killed it, he got to pack the head out with the with the uh, antlers, and then I packed out just some random stuff and a back hammy. Some guy packed out a hammy and. Some guy packed out back, shoulder, or two front shoulder. four guys you
1: were able to get out in one trip?
0: Yep, yep, Yep. and a lot of meat. It was a heavy trip. It was a heavy trip, and we probably walked about three-quarters of a mile to the ATVs, and then we hit that ATV trail. Because, I mean, you can go on trails with ATVs. They allow you to do that, but once you you can't veer off those trails with ATVs. So we went back to camp, celebrated, and you know had a few shots of whiskey and (laughs) enjoyed that and uh that was after the afternoon hunt of course um but we didn't have any luck in the afternoon so we just enjoyed the shots of whiskey that afternoon (laughs) now i know
2: there's no way to really tell but what would you think the live weight of that bull was
0: oh i honestly wouldn't even know an average bull's weight i'm such a rookie
2: gotcha yeah gotcha he's a
0: big bull though yeah body-wise right and uh you know, there's a couple other guys that shot elk on the trip, and that body trumped them all. He did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So six point, right? Is
3: it six point? Six by six. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah that's all. Awesome. Oh yeah, that's that's. Awesome. that's, that's it was west. his
2: first elk. That's how Westerns. You know, he'd been. Right? Yeah. He'd been. What's that? Oh, six, six point. point. Six point, five point. All that stuff. Five. point. Well, points. that's I mean the
3: six point. I mean that yeah. when they get six points, I mean they should six be a fairly,
1: fairly mature. Yeah. Right, yeah. but that means yeah. six points on one yeah. side. So, yeah, yeah. For people in Missouri. Yeah, they don't get twelve pointers. So. Yeah, they <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> don't count, a nice you don't count point them nice brow <laughs> on either. Yeah. That hurts. Oh man. Yeah. For scoring too? <laughs>
2: or
1: I just don't think they don't count them at all, right? They just count them as two I don't by know three
2: if they. I, I cannot answer that question. Um, I, don't I don't know if they don't count them on scoring, but I know if Well, it doesn't make locals, much difference if you do
1: or don't, because a good what the good good brow tines are maybe an inch. They don't get. Mule deer just don't get. Now, to saying very... that, and I did have a, a buddy
2: in Wyoming that killed what well, we, you would call a four-point, but he had brow tines. Actually, makes him a ten-pointer. Yeah. Um, and he had four or five-inch brows. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He nice. It was, nice. It was probably a hundred and fifty-something-inch mule deer, and it was real nice. Had real nice brows. Just not something you see very often. No,
1: it's not often at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Needless to say, the uh, the Wyoming trip, you know, it it got a little cold after that. Um, Nobody, I mean, we'd see elk pretty far off, you know, not in shooting range at all. And we'd try to make a move, but wasn't getting, when we get there, they're not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. can't cut them off. That's what everybody says. You can't cut them off.
1: Mm, you better be tough and fast if you're going to exactly. I mean, they can clear a mountain in a hurry.
0: Second last day, I, I had two cows 300 yards away, but their vitals were covered up by a log. I took off running in, a, in a ter- what I felt like was a terrain feature where they couldn't see me. I tried to cut them off, make it 150 yards, and then wait for them to pass the cedar tree. They were gone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I was running full tilt right. to get to this spot, but it didn't work out. Um, another guy shot a cow in camp. Um, and then my father-in-law, on the last day of hunting, shot a, uh, shot a young bull. Um, I guess in your guys' terms and western terms it would have been considered maybe a 3, three pointer, three pointer. pointer. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Had a brown tie Had a good brown time. <laughs> It was it was uh, you know, you ever seen open season like the cartoon? Yes. I know Elliot was a white tail. <laughs> but that's the what it made me think of. <laughs> that's what it made me think of, but uh, that was a really cool story too because we had been hunting these terrain features you know that's what kind of how we did it in the late season we would just we looked on these topo max and obviously we used uh, the experience of the guys in camp mm-hmm. too but we were hunting saddles pinch points box canyons mm-hmm. that's how we were kind of we were hoping that we'd catch these elk narrowing down in these travel movements and whatnot and uh when we were really getting on the elk was towards the end of the trip and that's whenever it started snowing they say you know when the elk are up high, that that they say the elk are up high, most most of the time. But when a good snow comes in, they'll come down. Right, pushes mm-hmm. them down. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what we were prepared for, and uh, we hunted this saddle. I hunted on one side of it. Matt hunted on the other, and uh, you know he he was uh, calling. And this is, you know, late October. Doing right? cow
2: calls? Yeah, yeah, he was
0: doing cow calls. And he got a he got a big one to bugle. bugle. Yeah, And uh, he tried to do it like he does turkey hunting. You know what I mean? He was bouncing from tree to tree, calling, trying to get closer as it was trying to get closer. Right. And uh, what happened was is the uh, bully shot caught him. And so when it caught him... The other bull and the cows that it was with kind of moved off. Yeah. And so he stuck that one about 350 yards away, um, fixing to run. You know what I mean? It may have even been running. You'd have to ask him. I'm not really sure the complete detail on that. But when he shot it and killed it, it was at the very bottom of the mountain. So That's we had to, to climb be. uphill to pack it out oh, on the last day. Oh,
2: egg. okay. It was on the bottom <laughs> of the mountain, <laughs> on the wrong side of is you know What you're saying. In our case, yeah. the bottom
0: of the mountains a good place. A good to spot be, to be. I guess. Yeah. In, I guess in a, in a depends a way. where you're at. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that was kind of the uh, the elk hunting trip in a in a nutshell. You know, I actually did get an opportunity at a cow elk, and I shot her in the chest at about 174 yards. No blood. We tracked it for, for a good while. And what I mean by tracking is we did a grid search. We used Onex tracker to kind of see where we had stepped before. Yeah. And we looked and looked and looked, and no such luck. We did not find that cow, unfortunately. But uh, I got test. my opportunity. Yeah. Was that broadside shot or was it frontal? It was a frontal. frontal. She was coming right. in, and she actually had two other cows with her, mm-hmm. and she was the last one and the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And I had watched how they moved up that, and I knew I wasn't going to get a broadside shot. Right. So uh, I waited till she paused, set my sights on her, and I, you know, pulled the trigger, eased it back, didn't let the nerves get to me until after I shot. Yeah. Right. But when, when after I shot, I mean, I was trying to cut <laughs> them off, because they instantly ran up the mountain. I jumped over this log, face planted. <laughs> I mean, I was in all sorts of a mess. Yeah. Uh, frontal,
1: I mean, and I'm,
2: I'm a big believer in the frontal shot, mainly because of the success um, you've had with it. Yeah, I've had and had two, I've tried it once, and it's been it's been
1: great. Yeah, so I think it's super lethal. This is we've had luck with the archery frontal. Yeah. Uh, but I know that um I don't yeah. remember how old I was, but my my uncle took a about a 200 yard shot on a on a good whitetail. Uh, frontal shot and that deer bled out more than uh, I mean just dropped it and blood and blood and blood. There's a lot of arteries and, and whatnot right there to to have at so Well everybody
0: you know, we everybody talked knows. to that was there they said, Man, these elk they just don't bleed on these gunshots. It's hard for the to I mean unless you really hit something good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean the guy that shot that six by six, he there was no blood. We found him laying down. And that yeah. that deer or not that, deer, that elk ended up standing up and having to be taken care of. Like they're tough animals. Well, yeah, they're and dead. as you they're know crazy from being enough. out there
2: now, it takes something tough to live out there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where they live.
1: But, yeah. And given that bull, you know, you, you talked about the, the first bull that uh, or first night of your trip that one you shot. You know, giving that bull all night to to die uh, was a good idea. You know, if you went in right away.
0: At nighttime, yeah, you
1: yeah, would have spooked him, and, and probably never would have found him. So Absolutely, yeah, time no, is, they, time is completely. critical. The older I get, the more I figure that out, and thank God, you know, even Nick telling us to wait 15 minutes might have made a difference on that mule deer too. If we marched right in, you know, he may have not have expired yet.
0: Yeah, well, one one more thing I'll add before we move on about my hunting trip was we were at, able to use ATVs, UTVs on these trails. Where you're gonna find the elk aren't on those trails. You gotta get out, get off those trails. The best night of hunting we had, hands down. We were three miles off the UTV trail, and we were over this meadow. And about 45 minutes till nighttime, till dark, uh, we had a guy with us. He started cow calling. We probably heard over 50 bugles. And he told us, now usually, you know, me and, and Matt being the turkey hunters we are, we're trying to go after him. He told us, man, they always make it out to this meadow before dark. So we trusted him, and he was, he was very experienced. He knew what he was talking about. I think he's only gone one time out there and not tagged out. Well, so we listened to him, but we only heard Googles. You know what I mean? But it was the, it was the best experience probably yeah.
1: Those bugles you fired up. That'll, yeah, that'll get your hooked. Yeah. I mean, one bugle will get you hooked. One bugle. Hook.
0: And we're talking probably seven or eight bulls, all bugling, and you could tell which one was the big dog. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very cool.
2: Me and Austin, the first year we went together, our first yep. day, and like we said, we started at a spot, and then we moved to where um, we seen a guy hauling out a four point. That next morning was still the most exciting day in the elk woods I've ever had, and. I don't know how many bugles we heard that morning, but it a was a ton.
1: Yeah, and in uh, multiple elk bugling, and they're bugling multiple times too. Just and, and we did do what you talking bugle. about.
2: We chased them. Uh,
1: we actually got split up
2: <laughs> that <Yeah>. day. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have Onyx then. <laughs> yeah.
1: and they won our day three day in the Elk Woods, yeah. and and uh, I was in the middle of a mountain with no map and I was like because I, I was
2: the only one with a map on my <laughs> mountain <laughs> we had not anticipated uh, that
1: <laughs> how were you able to
0: make your way back
1: um, I kind of where that mountain is uh, that would be f- the south facing slope we were yep. on and there's a road that kind of divides the valley mm-hmm. uh, so I just got up high to where I could see the valley which I, basically from that point if you go downhill you're going to hit Uh, the valley and you'll be able to find camp but I went up high to kind of get reoriented and then I could uh, I could see a a dude ranch that I knew was uh, east of our camp so I went back uh, headed headed uh, west and then went back down and then I I cut the the road that we talked about uh, the mule deer got killed on that that mountain road is a a really good orientation it just kind of Switchbacks all the way up the mountain, so if you hit it, you know that you can take it right back down to camp.
0: Okay.
1: Um, is I would say, almost say, as far as Colorado goes, that's a pretty uh, accessible spot yes. and, and easy yes. to navigate. Uh, I mean, there's some some nasty drainages to get down off in that we've definitely been in, but if you can find the road, you can find your way back uh, to base camp. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, okay. It, yeah. No, and just... it
1: makes it super nice, but it also probably brings in. Uh, <laughs> more hunters versus if you went to a wilderness area that we started out in Mm -hmm. that that wilderness area had one uh hiking trail that you could be 10 yards off of and and not know it was there so yes that's two total different kind of
0: extremes that takes me back to the expectations there's going to be people you know what i mean everywhere you go you're gonna run into people a lot more people yeah you're not
1: sitting on private ground uh, hunting whitetails in a deer stand that no one else can be on. You're you're hunting a, a big giant tail. animal that makes a lot of noise. That hunters are chasing. That bikers are
0: cruising by. <laughs> yeah, uh, hikers, bikers, or hikers,
1: uh, horses. Good. Horses. Lord, there's a <laughs> lot of horses.
0: Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just be aware of that and be okay with it because it's going to happen. Yeah, but they're still there. there. They're not going anywhere. That's no. where they live. No. You know, it's important. Um, I want to talk about just because I kind of found out right before the podcast. I want to talk about Ryan, Ryan's first animal. <laughs> <Roman> <laughs> ever, yeah. yeah, happened to be out west. Yeah, so. it
4: was, it was it's exciting.
0: exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, guys. Got, yeah. any, <laughs> got any more? To say about that? Um, I mean, a
4: little backstory was Casey's. I mean he's the one who got me into it hunting, you know, and I've unsuccessfully hunted Whitetail.
2: For how many years? I don't know. Three? Many. three now? Yeah, maybe. Maybe this, like third, yeah. Third, this is your third third it's probably your third year. And here. I don't go Good. a lot.
4: Yeah. I don't go like these guys. I'm not a diehard like you all are, but I like it. It's it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but so he got me interested in going out west and I thought the idea of going to kill an elk was
2: Awesome.
4: <laughs> and he'll hype hi- let me tell you about Casey kimry He'll hype you up more than anybody you'll ever meet and get you thinking you can kill whatever, but it's it's good optimism. So I went out in twenty seventeen with Casey in Austin yep. and that's when the shit show was with the yep. snow and we tried to Vivian in Idaho. And yeah, that's when Idaho, we died. Yeah. Idaho only year we've gone not, yeah don't go to Idaho <laughs> you better be tough
2: yeah
4: <laughs> and you know that really set in on what it takes you know what's out there I mean the weather was shit but so we did that unsuccessful had a great time on the way home <laughs> in Jackson Hole there Kind uh, <laughs> a good tavern with whiskey, yeah, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but so all these years I don't go again and then they keep going and then it gets me hooked on antelope out. How'd you?
2: How'd I said, let's you put went. in some points. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. And uh, so we started putting in some points. I said, this be a good fun hunt. My thing with antelope is I think if, if you want to hunt, you can do it with your buddies, have a good time. I mean, you don't got to be in super great physical shape. You ain't got to be the best. Hunter or anything, I think you can go out there and have a blast. You can. I, I do. I think it's one of them hunts that anybody—it's anybody's hunt, really. You, I, I, I truly believe that. You can. It's definitely be in shape. <laughs> yes. To some extent. I'm not in the worst shape or anything, but I. <laughs> I would
1: retract I, the be in shape, because me and Nick almost died <laughs> shooting an antelope, but we're going yes. down a rabbit hole, <laughs> <about it. laughs> So I got you talked into going. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so you didn't hey, have, you have back to try it too was.
4: hard. I mean, I'm I'm still as much as I'm probably the biggest complainer when it comes out of this group here. Not pessimist, you know, but just I like to bitch at them <laughs> shit. But yeah, I don't. So we get out there and we're we I figure out you know you drive around and you find this this BLM and stuff like that, you know, public land.
0: Gassing and glassing?
4: Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're probably more into it than maybe some of the locals. You know, they kind
0: of do that. They got all season. Our, got not not even days. the
1: locals, I'd say. I'm not but, yeah, our them. tactic when we got to Wyoming was definitely... Drive
0: around, and see what you can see.
1: See see what this place had to offer, kind of. We gave ourselves a half a day of scouting. Yeah. yeah, and that was great. Before the opener, that was a Friday night, right? Yeah. And then it, the opener was Saturday morning, Okay. I think. Yeah.
0: and No, it wasn't a Saturday, was it? No. Yeah. See, were you having any luck seeing anything? Yeah, we saw,
4: I don't know, what what'd we see just scouting? I mean, we we glassed a good buck on one spot. And, uh-huh. I mean, that we're thinking that's the same one I shot. I mean. Yeah, that's, yeah we have that, see that a, I mean, We're pretty sure.
0: Pretty sure. Okay, so you see this buck, and then what's your guys' game plan? What would you guys do next? We we, we spotted the.
3: Er, oh, you go we, we spotted <laughs> we spotted the buck, and we pulled out our phones On X Dropped, dropped the, the, the point. Yeah, yep. there that's you go. Where X and went on there and uh, made a note on there that there was a buck there. So we have a spot that uh, we're going to come a possible starting spot for in the morning, but we're going to keep yeah. scouting the rest of the day. Yeah, so, you know, we scout the rest of the day, and we see you a little bit here
4: and
2: there. and then, Mostly on private. Yeah. We've seen a lot yeah, of you, bucks on private. It's like they no, you know, private, you know. Right. That's so, the way it goes publicly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fair is fair.
4: <laughs> so, we go to cabin, you know, get back, do our night, you know, sleep, get up, go hunt, and we decided that I was going to go with Casey, and then Austin and Nick would go together. And we just split the road because both sides. were BLM. It was BLM, yeah. Okay. So we hiked up. I don't, how far? I want to say three-quarters of a yeah, mile. It was it like it 20 plus. Was yeah, B- yeah. let's <laughs> yeah. make it sound better. But so we get up in there, and we're just sitting until shooting light because it's before. You know, and we're we sitting there and it. sitting there, and shooting light comes up, and we kind of move a little bit up forward yeah we went to the next rise over yeah yeah and then you spotted him mm-hmm. way off five
2: hundred yeah yards way too far around. we first spotted him he
0: so
4: yeah
2: way off
4: and he came around he kind of peeked up on this other ridge and then dropped back on the backside.
0: so, so we, you were watching him move were you guys kind of following him were you we trying were just to kind, kind of staying put to okay. see what would
4: happen you know. Okay. And he ended up peeking up like, ooh, I don't even know. Huh? I don't remember.
2: <laughs> Can't tell you. What, what time of day are we talking about? about? First, we're first flight. First
4: 15 This is 6.15 maybe yeah, 15 in the morning, you know. So Early. Yeah. And he peeked up and he came in close and it was like 400. And I I, I just didn't want to shoot it, you know.
0: That's pretty, that's pretty good poke.
4: Yeah. And I've been, you know, practicing a little bit with, you know, taking 300 or so. Mm-hmm. So he's... You know, he's yelling at me. Can you? I wasn't not yelling. yelling <laughs> <laughs> he's saying, "Can you get him? Can you?" Him? I'm like, "I don't. I don't want to take the shot. You know, I don't want to spook him." So he drops down in a, a drainage, yeah. and he disappears down in there. And I look at him. and I'm like, "Hey, this might be an opportunity, you know." And he's like, "We're in sync, you know." And we just kind of run down the hill towards him. Good. And we get there and he. I think what happened
2: was when he dropped that drainage, I grabbed Hager and I said, We gotta run. We gotta get this. I it close up to see you. <laughs> <laughs> and I said the same Kimmery damn thing. Got an arm on Hager's up.
1: backpack, dragging him through the
4: sage, bro. No, we were running, we, we booked were it running. downhill, you know, as quietly as you can run. Through sage. Yeah, right. through sage. Yeah. And I think, I think Camry jumped in about 20 cactuses. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> he was all over it. But. We got there. And I guess he heard us coming, so he jumped out and ran up the other, you know, opposite hillside. And then he just stopped, right on our. Well, we had roof. dropped. I seen him and pop we,
2: out of the right, and we, we dropped, and he so just There stopped. he is. We dropped to our bellies.
4: <laughs> and this, so we're facing downhill. And we dropped, and I'm trying to get the bipod on the gun set up, you know, and I get it on there, and I'm looking, and I'm trying to find him in the scope. Well, <laughs> to bring the scope up to see him, really. I'm not shouldering the rifle.
0: Yeah, because you're laying yeah, down. Yeah, and I'm downhill, you know, and he's up.
4: So I basically had this the butt of the rifle in the ground to be able to see him. And he said, what was it, 212?
2: Yeah, 212. 2, 212 yards. I
4: 212. And I put it on his chest because he's looking right at us, just trying to figure out what the hell we are and what we're doing. And I'm like, man, I'm taking it. Yeah, it feels good. So I shot, and... I don't know if it wasn't butted, you know, in my shoulder very well. I hit him. He dropped. And at first, I just saw dust. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I missed.
2: Biles was on him in the body. And yeah, like, and he, he said, no,
4: I, you dropped him. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. and I looked again. There he was. I was like,
2: oh, shit.
4: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> then we got all excited. Yeah. A lot of jumping around. Casey kept trying to hug me. <laughs> <laughs> <Mug>. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we just ran over there, and I it was just stoked, you know.
0: Yeah. That from what I understand, that was your first Mm -hmm. animal. You haven't even shot a white tail around here. No, yeah.
4: Like I said, I I'm not hardcore whitetail hunting like you guys are, but
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it felt great. And I I,
4: when we went in two thousand seventeen I thought if I kill an elk before I kill white tail back home. How cool would that be how (laughs) cool would that (laughs) 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 be. I can tell all these people to shut the hell up, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) folk
2: haters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so,
3: that was pretty cool. I'm glad I killed an antelope first. I'm really proud of that. that. That point, they sent us a they sent uh, us a Snapchat.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, cell phone yeah.
3: service out there. They sent us a Snapchat just hooping and hollering that Hager Hager got his first Shit. first Definitely. kill. What, what, and sorry. they had it down. And that I mean me and Austin are they're three quarters of yeah. a mile this way. We're three quarters of a mile the other way. We didn't even hear the gunshot go off. Oh wow! And we just from that Snapchat, me and Austin were just yeah. we were so Ecstatic. just so happy, like we were high fiving and hugging two miles <laughs> they away. Were like the pop- they, they were like the things. They were like the supportive parents. <laughs> I never, had, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. they're just like hey, I'm fucking animal. <laughs> awesome. We were just so excited. Like this, this like we all wanted. We were all g- hoping to have success for ourselves. But we really wanted Hager to yeah. have success. A lot of support. That's we want, why we 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 just we wanted. Well, that, was kind our, felt that was like, one of our big goals for yeah. the trip. Is it was is get, get him get on. him on. You got to take good guys with you like that. When we and set we foot out this.
1: that morning, That's you know, awesome. knowing that we seen that buck there last night, and antelope kind of hang out, you know, at night they're it's gonna like bed right. down in the same area, <clears throat> kind of like humans. So we kind of knew there was one in the area. But I thought the coolest, you know. As Hager shooting his, me and Nick actually spotted one, and we're kind of mid-stalk. Uh, and then shortly after that, uh, one came over the rise, or the one we spotted came over the rise, uh, and Nick, <laughs> Nick uh, hammered down on that one. So uh, and me and Hager a, did, we did. hear their gunshot. Uh, we, uh, yeah. we, yeah. we heard their. We were kind of standing within. Yeah. First, out, maybe it hour. The,
2: it was within the first 30, 30 minutes. I think of we had daylight. two down. Yeah. This was, before, was, say, this was, was all before about
1: seven day. o'clock yeah. in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we was, started you off, you could ask for a better opening, opening day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we started no off Wyoming with uh, two bangs, with and, bang. and mm-hmm. it was awesome.
0: It was How many points did you guys need to go, Elkhart? I put in a point this year, so I was curious.
2: Antelope hunting? Yeah. Antelope hunting. The first year I went, I actually drew with no points, and this hunt that we decided to go on i had these guys put in a point and we actually tried to draw
1: last year and we thought we would be and successful. we were um we had an average of pretty high hope, like 0. 0.7 yeah
2: when we when we researched our draw results we were going to be at like 86 or 90%, 90 percent 90, something, 90 yeah. percent chance of drawing
4: yeah. that was a so, year prior yes
2: yeah, so so year so. prior and uh when the new draw results come out which are backdated a year so you know they're basing off of the information they get from how many people put in the year before you know the year before mm-hmm. so then next year you get to look and see what your real results oh, were right. and actually results. dropped us to 30 38 percent so we did not draw um, 0.7 yeah it's kind of like a point creep um, deal is what that was if you ever heard heard that term um, what it is is just Allegiance. out west hunting and stuff is becoming more popular and varied. more and more people going out there every year so it actually took us two points to draw this hunt that we did
1: uh, okay and we got told uh in town that day that guide he's when we said we drew uh our unit yeah. with with uh two points he was actually kind of surprised yeah. yes so he acted day. like wow you know you kind of we got lucky that we drew it with two so and yeah we'll see those results this this, this coming year, spring yeah. we we'll won't see what any.
2: it was that we drew, you know, and it may only be 50% with two points this year. Yeah, it and might, get, what
1: we you might, might, see it might be a deal but where we need three points to go back in future years. Yeah, I'll guarantee. You know. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. probably. If it
0: went up. Now, do did you guys ever try to knock on doors for private access for Antelope? No. I've never tried to knock
2: on any doors out west. No. Um I did try, I guess one, in 2012, I tried to knock on a door because when you draw a mule deer tag in Montana, you also get a bird license. So after my mule deer tag was filled, we did some driving around and uh, found a bunch of pheasants and grouse and uh, did some door knocking for that, but never for um, like a big game animal. And, I never have.
4: Didn't you, and when we went to Idaho in 17, mm-hmm. you had called, because they would do that access... Yes,
2: I think it's called? Yes, and they do the same thing in Montana. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can,
4: they have a deal.
2: With you can sign up. Um, you basically put your name on a list to go and hunt a private piece of land. When you get there, you sign in. And then um, at the end of the day, you sign out when you're done hunting that land. And That's it just helps them keep track of who's in and out of there. And then there are some places where it's kind of like a reservation for mm-hmm. duck hunting almost in, like, Missouri. Okay. Where you call ahead and say... I'm coming, I drew the tag, um, can I have this three day block, and you get that three day block to hunt that private piece, and then after that it's somebody else's turn.
4: Okay. Kind of opens up some more opportunities, you know.
0: Yeah. I just, you know, as I was going into, you know, our hunt spot, we were looking at private pieces and there was antelope everywhere, Mm -hmm. and we're like, these things gotta be a nuisance. I could almost imagine that people would be begging you to take them off their hands. There's more
2: antelope in Wyoming than people.
0: Yeah, that's where <laughs> <I heard.
2: laughs> so, yeah, well, what I've heard. Yeah, you That sounds like a state I want to go hunt antelope in. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <the population laughs> I'll, I'll bump back though. The year that we didn't draw, we were a bumming because oh, yeah. we thought for sure we had we previous yeah. year draw with just under one point going in. We we it was showing us that we almost had a, it was. Uh, most of for sure, a thing. Yeah, we thought it that was, was and the and only then, trip
2: we lined up for that year too. Yeah, yeah. And we were just gonna have a fun antelope trip yeah, that and year.
3: We we didn't draw, and we all were just we were at work. As soon as draw results came yeah. on, we were sitting there just refresh Wyoming, refresh, refresh, refresh. And then we all. It was just. It was. You've never seen a group of guys so. Damn. A lot of Take hey, the wind out of their sails. So, a lot of depressing <laughs> oh Snapchat. Gosh. So yeah. I spent. I don't. I don't know if they. They did or even know. Know that I did. But I got on on X Maps, and was finding places that there were still tags. Like you can still you could get leftover tags, tags, but there's different types of tags out there. hmm And some of them that were left over were, were for private land only so I was going through there finding chunks of private land and I was clicking on them and I was finding phone numbers and I was calling them and every single person I called their land was leased by an outfitter oh wow so so the likely. I mean I'm sure you can find that like like when we were in uh, Wyoming this year the the guy that uh, we stayed at his cabins. Uh, he gave us one guy's name and said, I don't know anything about it, but I've heard people have been getting access at least through paying a trespassing fee to get access to some public land through his land, not necessarily hunting his land, but getting through it. He gave us one name and we, we kept it and everything. We never we never pursued it. Yeah, yeah pursued it or anything. But out of all of that we only got one one name mean? and we, we got some into some pretty remote BLM land and got back there and on the other hillside there was SUVs parked and driving up and down there in orange everywhere yeah. and they were just people on either outfitters or just private land people i mean they they get after it out there yeah there was a lot of outfitters out there like it was mm-hmm. a
4: a stack of them. I, After you know, we met a few of them. Yeah, you
1: know, we ate dinner uh, at a local watering hole there a couple nights, and I just felt like that was kind of a reality check on how many guides and in... everybody in there was either a guide or on a guided hunt. Yeah. It, there, I think there was the guys from California that we talked to. They were hunting some private land and BLM ground, but I think it was like Nick said, where they were kind of private ground led into BLM so they could drive in and and take a four wheeler. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like we were kind of on the rougher end of the the spectrum as far as the way we conducted that hunt, but it, it paid off for us. But yeah, yeah it was absolutely. There was just a lot. There, I felt like there was a lot of money, big money options out there uh, to get it done on a lot easier terms. Yeah.
2: We um, spoke to a few guys inside that it. bar that, I mean, they were throwing out some outrageous numbers um, for what they were paying to go on an antelope hunt and stuff and. My goodness! Yeah. <laughs> I, like the, prices, I like the DIY prices like we would myself. never pay. Yeah. And we
1: were we were in a blue collar bar and we were the only blue collar guys. in yeah. there. We got, yes, I'd, we I'd say we probably the got guys. some pretty good
4: you know good jobs for doing it without the guys and stuff. You know some oh, of those absolutely. guys that were yeah. on guides.
2: And yes, that's one thing I can say though. Though all those people that I met, they were going to outfitters. you talking guys that are paying five or six thousand dollars to shoot an antelope. We paid three hundred and sixty a piece. Three hundred seventy is what the yeah, tag is, and plus tag, our gas. One hundred and forty.
3: It, uh, it costs a, a person to stay between four of us. It only cost us one hundred and forty bucks for four, four, night, nights, four nights stay yeah, a piece. That's, that's a,
0: pretty that, reasonable. That's, that's not
3: reasonable. bad at all. We got no. we had a shower, a kitchen, yeah. beds, heat. A, a, a shop out back. That Had an air conditioner in there for basically set up as a cooler,
1: cooler yeah, freezers, a cooler.
3: processing table. Yeah, all of that yeah. was included in our $140 a person. Yeah. I
1: that, can't say enough about that place. That, that cabin is
4: nice, a, you know, a godsend after roughing it in Colorado. You know, if you do a multi state after Hanger. almost you're almost frozen in Colorado, <laughs> yeah. So it was,
3: yeah. it was nice that to roll nice. into Wyoming and have that after just the shot. We, we weren't <laughs> necessarily roughing it in Colorado. At base camp, no, but rough enough. But it was, it was, it got cold. We. Uh, I, I, hiked up, I hiked <laughs> the mountain one morning, and I got all the way up We're there to where I wanted to be. Uh, about what is that? Three and a half miles or so up there, where that wallow was, where you found that morning before. Uh-huh. That super cold morning, I got all the way up there. Went by myself. Left at like four thirty in the morning. Got up there. Took a break. Went. To my bladder to take a drink, and my bladder was frozen solid. I have no. I'm three and a half miles. I have no water. No water.
2: Jeez.
3: And it was
1: cold. Yeah. yeah. It was.
2: That was the coldest morning we were there. The one sure. morning
1: we woke up and there was icicles hanging from. We're inside the camper. There was icicles hanging down from the, the bolts going through the walls, and I was like, ah, it's, it's gonna be it's a rough cold. morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all of our water froze. That was, I was glad Before we to go last... too
2: far off that, I just want to say that what I was talking about with those guys that do spend a lot of money, those guys were very nice guys to us, too. They were super and they nice. Were, super they were friendly. as congratulatory towards us, you know, for getting it done like we did. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I can't say enough about just all the people we met there in Wyoming, were great.
3: Wyoming is a great place for people. It is a great yeah. place. They are nice. nice. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, amazing. Throw it, I'll throw it out there where the general area where Casey, Wyoming is the friendliest
1: place on earth. It might yeah. be. Yeah. Guaranteed. guaranteed. It was, yeah. A, guarantee. a guy, A guy I actually work with goes there uh, or had gone in years past for mule deer hunting and he bragged up this town uh, and you'd have thought he was talking about uh, just a metropolis, you know, in the middle. And it's a. It's a one horse town in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, and it was it was an awesome town. It was everybody there was super super friendly. They are super friendly compared to Colorado, especially you know yeah, yeah way different than Colorado. Yeah. It, Colorado's a little different. And you could actually talk to people and you know hey I've had good luck in this unit. Everybody was telling you where they were hunting and what kind of luck they were having. Versus we talked about elk hunting uh, locals kind of yep, yeah yeah there's bit. no elk here you know move yeah. on yeah yeah uh, kind of. Nobody really wanted to. Elk hunting out west is a gem, and there's just
2: not many people.
1: You're going to get information from out west, in my opinion. But the the antelope in Wyoming, everybody was super helpful.
0: Well, hopefully the information that that we kind of portrayed during this whole thing was enough to not deter you. Necessarily from from going out west, there's obviously an intimidation factor that goes into the, it. You yeah, know, 36 hours of rain, snow, and yep. you know, there's a lot of adversity you have to face. And sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. But you're never gonna know if you don't try. Yeah, definitely. Try and uh, oh,
1: yeah, I don't want to deter anybody from going. Uh, no, absolutely. If you got not. the gall to go, get get a group of buddies and and uh, as soon as uh, it starts warming up, as soon as you're uh, done. Shed hunting, I would recommend uh, start doing something really hard and tough all summer long. That's kind of our... That is
2: one thing I want to ask you about, Stephen. Was there any physical preparation that you did before your elk hunt
0: this year? No, no. not really. Now, I, I've i been in shape. You know, I played some sports in, in college and stuff, so I, I stayed kind of in shape, but I wasn't... You look slim trim. Nick... I watched him throughout the summer this year and he was running like six miles a day with and sometimes he was taking like fifty pounds on yeah. his pack and whatnot and yeah. that's all great and probably better, you know. I was, was you think close. that's
2: good, you should see him in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's a workhorse. Okay. Somewhere <laughs> between they call leaving. me the animal but they forget how Nick is when we first get to the mountains. Somewhere
1: between <laughs> leaving New Florence and, and pulling into steamboat Colorado, <laughs> Nick gets real fucking
2: he changes hard. Are different <laughs> <point>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: he's red. Yeah. Good. yeah. good. Mm-hmm. good. That's tough. the way you got to be. Hard. You got to you know, be tough. We, and
2: we may we have so much fun with that, I feel like. I mean, that's pushing our thing. Each other. I feel yeah, like dude, it's we push each other all year. Half I the love trip, that. It you know? is. That's what builds us yeah. up.
1: And uh uh, you know, and then and then every what was that? I think Thursday nights we met up this Thursday nights you know at the house we year. shot for about 30 minutes uh and then uh, whoever had the uh, most ignorant idea of how we're going to get in shape, yeah. okay, let's do that, awesome. you know. I got a circle drive, and, and one night we said, let's lunge around it until we fall over, and
0: Damn, um, we man. did.
1: And I, I want to test lunge because night will
4: kill because this year, I, 17 we went, yep. and I kind of, you know, we, you got me working out for it, yep. too, a little bit. So I was doing that, and from 17 on, I thought I was going out west every year for the rest of my life. So I was staying in shape and stuff all winter, even. And and then I just slacked off because I didn't go back out west, and I slacked off. And this year, these guys were doing it every Thursday night, like they said, and just hitting it hard. And I know the the, even on the regular weeknights they were running and stuff, and I was on the couch cracking a beer. And it adds up. I didn't go up with them in Colorado very much. I I went one day Mm -hmm. with Kimry, and Mm -hmm. that was fun. you know, I'm not. Too, you, <laughs> I just stopped <dialed> for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did have to stop for me. But yeah, it be in shape is a very good, you know, thing to go off of. Yeah,
2: it's gonna help you have a better for sure. out yeah. there because you're, you're gonna enjoy, enjoy your it. time more out yeah. there. Yeah, you're not you're worried about shape.
4: dying trying to walk up a hill after hiking. I don't know, <laughs> ten miles You know, there was one night in Wyoming we went way back into BLM and by the end of it i was about to ready to fall over in case he's just looking at me like come on Yep. come on
0: <laughs> got to be prepared for yep. what you don't know is going to happen over. exactly
2: um i had a question i wanted to know out of everybody in the room here if there was one item that you don't already own for an out west trip what would it be to make your hunt easier better more efficient if there's one item You could get today if you were to head west tomorrow, what would it be? Why? I'll go first. Um
3: I've had a vision on the way I wanted to hunt elk, and we're gonna we're gonna narrow it down to this is for elk hunting. Um if I had to get one item, it would be a high-end tent. I feel the reason I I say that is the way not the way that we're doing it's wrong by going back to base camp each night but I think I want to try it where I go out with my camp on my back and hunt until dark try to get to a good spot to where I can camp at night out away from the trail trailhead as far away from everybody as possible, and wake up in the morning out there and be able to hunt already in the backcountry. That so I, I would go with a with a high-end lightweight backpacking tent is what I would would I would do so I can baby hunt.
1: And I'd agree with Nick, a hundred percent. I think that's I think that's probably maybe hindering us a little bit. You know, uh, as far as. Probably spending more time closer to the truck than we need to be. Uh, And with Nick taking that answer, uh, since we did a antelope punt this year also, uh, I went with a bull barrel, single shot, gigantic scope, no bipod, uh, 243, and that gun will never go on an out west trip again. (laughs) Uh, If that probably cost me, uh, uh, I'm not afraid to say that I took some shots that didn't make their mark, uh, Since
2: you're gonna bring it up, let's talk about the one day when you and me were together. After we talked to the conservation officer,
1: yeah. Uh, so me and Casey, uh, we spotted uh, we spotted an antelope at a watering hole that morning. Uh, we made a we made a really good stalk actually. We got in, we crept into probably eighty five yards, uh, and then we watched Wizard six or seven does yeah at least uh just kept popping out popping out and the whole time i kind of told myself you probably ought to get down and get into shooting position in case there is a buck uh and then lo and behold uh, a buck pops out um so then here we are standing in the wide open uh and tried to freehand about a 70 to 80 yard shot and it didn't happen and i it was silly shouldn't have took the shot uh Heavy breathing. <laughs>
2: you put that on the way of your rifle. Be some part of that though. Yes,
1: I would definitely say because uh, at some point in the trip, I picked up your rifle. You have a yes. featherweight, or yeah.
2: yeah, I have a Winchester Model Seventy
1: featherweight. Yeah. yeah, and that gun was you know just steady as can be, holding a bull barrel gun with a giant scope on it. Uh, the gun I had though was, I mean, I was ready to make a long shot uh, with the rest and everything, and I didn't on that that particular antelope. Um, so I would say before I go out west again, I would definitely have. Uh, a lighter gun to make hiking easier, uh, and then a bipod. And then, if you are on a trip, you know, uh, Nick is the only reason I killed my antelope. Uh, he made me, uh, you know, breathe, fucker, take your time. Uh, it was a 300, right at 300-yard shot. And when I first threw the gun down, there was no way I was going to make that shot. And then, fortunately, on that antelope, we had time to... He was just feeding so we could... Uh,
0: take your time yeah I, I
1: don't know how long we waited probably i bet that was three four minutes yeah, was, uh, before i finally got my heart rate down uh and heart rate was up you know obviously you're watching animal through a scope but we just made over a mile long stalk uh running through a, a drainage trying to get there as the sun set, and we had about five minutes of of good shooting light left before that actually took place so
0: okay
1: the right rifle setup uh as far as, and I'm not a rifle hunter. Uh, we shot our bows every, almost every day all summer long in uh, shotguns one time. Uh, but the gun was zeroed in at 200 yards with 10 inches of drop at 300. So I was all right. I knew your gun. We knew the gun. Yeah, let's go hunting. Uh, and then you get into country like that <laughs> where you better be good at the 400. Yeah. Uh, so if I go back antelope hunting, a different. And I'm not saying the gun I had, you know, the gun I had made the shot and and did what I wanted to, but it wasn't probably as set up versus, you know, Casey had a lot better uh, setup. Uh, you know, Nick and Hager both had bipods. I think a bipod is
0: critical. Critical.
1: You know, just a good solid rest. Uh, if I would have if I'd laid down and had a pack, you know, I would have, I don't remember if that was day two when I missed that uh, first one, but would have just punched the tag a little sooner in the trip. Uh, still happy with the goat I got and happy with punch tags, but...
0: Heck, yeah. So, I'll uh, feed off yours a little bit. Um, if I was to take the same exact hunting trip <clears throat> that I took this year, I would uh, I would take a 300-win mag instead of a 270. I feel like that yeah. was a lot of the reason that I was not successful when I found my cow. Yeah. I don't think it just... I don't think it had the the power to get through them. It may have, and some people will tell you, you know, a 270 will work, yeah. but... If you want to be sure that you're shooting something that's going to take down an animal, I think the 300 wind mag would be an ideal, you know, selection. And then, uh, you know, if we're talking about the same trip, I would definitely have a side-by-side instead of a (laughs) four-wheeler because there was days whenever it was, you know, below zero temperature with the wind blowing at 20 miles an hour and snow, and we're sitting on a four-wheeler.
3: Yeah, I Where, got a question for you, Stephen. Yeah, um, bullet setup with your two seventy. Mm-hmm. Were you shooting Were you shooting the same bullet that you shoot for whitetail for elk, or did you or did you grain up?
0: So I chose a different brand. I, I shoot Hornady one hundred and thirty grain uh, for whitetail, and I I ended up using one hundred and fifty grain Barnes for for the elk. That's what the uh, all the forums and stuff were saying would be best for a two seventy. So. Mm-hmm. That's what I used.
1: Well, and that's good to do research to figure that out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. As far as uh, we've only chased elk with archery equipment, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I don't even know I may have been, may have touched the three hundred mark uh, on a on an all in arrow setup. Our first year out west, Had, that I don't think that would have stood a chance. You know, probably would have could have twelve ringed an elk, wouldn't have got any penetration. And now we're at almost five hundred grains. Uh, shooting fixed blade broadheads uh, that are extremely sharp. You know they're they're set up to make those shots, uh, and we've done it on Whitetail. Uh, you know. It's on that trial. Yeah, and not to say that Whitetails are any lesser of an animal, but uh, you know if if you can kind of use them as guinea pigs, just because we get a lot more opportunities at them Definitely. in a year's time. Yeah. Figuring out that you know the setup. I I took a frontal shot on a doe with the setup i have now and, and get a complete pass through you know from from front to back so that should correlate to a good penetration on on a broadside shot on an elk or, or a frontal shot if it ever happens Absolutely.
2: and i can speak to a heavy rifle caliber too nick nick and me shoot the same caliber rifle and i actually got mine uh, when i was younger and, and that thing was i actually got it specifically to hunt elk um was the goal with that rifle it's never been on an elk hunt I've never hunted elk or pursued them with a rifle but um that was its main goal whenever I got that rifle um and I've just turned it into that's my go-to for whitetail antelope mule deer I've killed with it and uh it's I shoot a seven millimeter Winchester short mag I can tell you that uh that little bit of extra knockdown power coming from when I was younger I shot a 308 um I can tell you that uh, that's a lot more gun, you know, when it comes. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that it could take down an elk. I've, I've seen what it can do to other game out west and uh, whitetails around here. And and uh, they don't go far with that, you know, caliber like a caliber like that. a wallop on that old antelope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I had my furthest shot with that gun ever this year. Me and, me and Carter were together on my antelope. I shot it at 400 yards. That was the furthest shot I've ever made. Uh, dash shot. Yep, um, up and down, da- up and down, up and down was perfect. Uh, left or right got a little off. I, I think there was a lot of wind blowing. It. If I remember right or something. <laughs> no. There was a. And it's very Uh, different in the way of Carter's, where there was not three or four minutes to call me the heartbeat. There was a uh, half a millisecond of where Carter said, "Hey, take your time," and I went boom.
1: (laughs) I said, "Let me get on him." Dropped. (laughs) Breathe, fucker. Let me find him in the binos. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Okay,
2: antelopes down. (laughs) I had missed a shot uh, the day before at three ninety six on a very good antelope. Yeah. So it was kind of uh, I was. You know, it was not the best shot ever. My up and down was perfect. And actually, when we shot my gun at 100 earlier this year, it was shooting distance left, distance. Yeah. and I hit left. Yeah. Um, just at 400, that expanded that left a lot more than I would have ever thought it would. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it could have been some of me, too, pulling, but, uh, you know, with the adrenaline again. rush. But, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an easy but, shot by any means. No, no it's a least. long poke. But yeah. if, you're, if you're
2: hunting <laughs> antelope...
4: I'd say be prepared to yes. shoot. Definitely. I'd say even just practice at 500. If you can. Because if you're shooting 500 ability. on a
2: target, anything under that, you're going to be yeah. good. And yeah. it's okay. hard to even find ranges that'll do that, but a lot of times you got to find somebody with a mm-hmm. private land field that'll let you set up a target and stuff. Yeah. Um, Wait till they cut you the know, cord,
1: rather. Yeah. yeah or find a bean field. You know, we, we hunted over, or sighted in guns over an open bean field. We had all the yeah. room in the world to, to sight in, but... Thinking 200 was gonna be uh, good enough, and I, 200 is close. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In goat country. I, say, I, I didn't want to shoot over 300. And I'm
4: I was shooting a seven millimeter out eight. So yeah. What would you uh, change if you had to do it again, Hager? <laughs> you guys are gonna hate me for this, but a camper. I knew it. I fucking <laughs> knew it. You're just and not, that's not a big, happy with the big wagon. expense. No, no, no. I will say this that because I did but two nights in colorado and i thought i'd be fine i'll just tough it out and sleep on a cot outside and that way we're not all tucked in this this trailer rookie mistake yeah and i froze to death (laughs) especially the second night thank god we had a little propane heater with us but uh yeah after that i moved in that trailer but i think a camper with a shower that you can hose off with, with a little hot water. No, if right. you're base camping, I would get luxurious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, <laughs> much, very much. But if if you're base camping like we did and if you got the funds, a camper to me would be nice. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I mean, everyone,
1: you know, it'd be nice for everyone. But It would be nice, but in a weird, fucked up way, I enjoy the hell out of yeah, it. No, be- no shower, roughing it for 10. To- I mean,. We jumped in we the We yell at the top the of our
2: lungs all summer suck fest because yes. that's what it ends right. up being when you go out west archery hunting, um, I believe for probably any species. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is. It's a grind. Yeah. It's hard. That's what I mean. A camper, if you're base camper. The camper would alleviate some of that pain. Just take it off in sure. the end of the night. But I understand. But I also you know, being like,
4: tough yeah. is, That's fun. It, yeah. it does add to it.
0: I will say that one Kind of push on that is that the mountain roads that I took in to get to our base right. camp, you weren't getting a camp, camper would have been down. really sketchy. Yeah, man. and you I'm know? thinking
4: I'm thinking the trip we took
1: to where we were was it's a paved road to where no, we're definitely here. our our spot is accessibility is it, is a hundred percent as far as yeah you know even going was it. The other, the wilderness area is another yes. five miles down the road, and yeah. it goes and from it paved road to, to, I mean, just pothole chugs. Uh, we lost the outriggers uh, the first year going in there uh, with the camper. We ripped them right off, uh, oh. and that's another three miles down the road. You know, so Thank you're. You. It, it didn't take much to go from from paved blacktop to rough to rough, rough, rough road. But yeah,
0: I'll say one thing: uh, as important as <clears throat> bring two of everything. Yeah. <laughs> boot laces. There's an old saying two is one
2: two is one, one is none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out if, west. If you go out
4: west with Casey Kibri bring band-aids <laughs> yeah. and cleaner for wounds. And yeah. first aid kit. Yeah. He gets a little shaky. Someone gets a little shaky when he uses knives.
2: <laughs> well, why you, a knife. How many how times why did you cut rush when animals go down is ridiculous. I tell you what has helped me. Is when I used not uh, Nick's replaceable blade knife. What yeah. kind of blade do you have? That's a Havillon. You yeah. got the Havillon. Um I got back home. I was home for two days, and I hadn't even whitetail hunted yet. And I went and bought the um, the Gerber Vital Randy Newberg series replaceable blade knife. Which we looked at them on the way home. We decided that would probably be the best one. Yep. Uh, we looked that, at some reviews. I remember that conversation early morning uh, driving. Yeah. And now I've, I've killed... I've harvested three does with my bow since I've been home for archery season. And uh, I've done them all with one blade. And really? uh, it stayed extremely sharp. This is all me doing... So this year I've been doing all of my white tails. Um, just like we do out west. I haven't drug a deer out yet. I have... Um, not gutted them i completely deboned them i told you all i was going to do that kept the meat bags in my pack and um, i did them all like that hauled them out and that knife has worked great for that
0: Three, i've got it now 3d edge one and
2: blade it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty a sharp
1: sh- a sharp knife is key i don't care sure, yeah. if you're deboning in the field or we do all of our own processing uh, you know, just trimming meat and, and dicing it up, whatever. A sharp knife makes a work. And, and I think you'll have, you know, like you said, not that you, you know, cut your finger off whatever, nicked your hand a few times, yeah. whatever. And it yeah, was strictly adrenaline rush, but I think a dull knife would be a lot more dangerous. You know, you're hacking and whacking versus... If, pushing, yeah. Uh, a good sharp knife, you know, cuts yeah. right through and, and you're not forcing it. And I do yep.
2: think a lot of it, What well, you know, it was my knife. And you even grabbed my knife at one time of the trip, and you felt it, and you said, that thing's dull. And um, (laughs) this was a knife I had sharpened, and I literally sharpened it to the point where it was shaving hair before we left for that trip, and we were about halfway through your antelope, or through your mule deer, deer. excuse me, um, and the blade kind of, it wasn't, it just wasn't holding up. Yeah, because I tried using it to help with your
4: antelope, and it was... I, yeah, I had to put it down because I didn't right. know I wasn't getting anywhere right and then I used my knife And it was a little better, right? And it was the, the same knife, mm-hmm. So,
0: I'll uh, I'll go off on a tangent here a little bit about making sure that you bring two of everything. Yeah, okay um, my father-in-law Matt he Had a 300 win mag and uh, the way it clipped on uh, His bullet clip you know, it was easy to eject. fall off. Eject. Yes. yes. The magazine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just so happens it snows eight to foot, depending on where you're at or how high you are, eight inches to a foot, it snows. And we go to the spot where he kills his elk eventually. But uh, this is the night before. So we go to that spot. He walks up to me. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to go ahead and head back to camp. I said, why? What, you know, why would you do that? And he said, and he pulls up his gun and he shows me. Clip's gone. He's a single-shot guy now. Oh, and uh, it's not good to be a single-shot guy. <laughs> <I'm not always. laughs> and uh, so I, you know, immediately get up and we go, we go retrace our steps and look for it. And there's no luck. Uh, we don't find the clip. You know, whatever. Yeah. Next morning, uh, we hunt. We go back to that same spot just to see if elk had moved through. Because I think it's important to note that the snow is a really good indicator yeah. to kind of scout. You're gonna see tracks. That's gonna be as fresh signs you're gonna get. Right. Uh, if they move through here, they're probably close. Yeah. And uh, so we went there to scout, and just so happened we ducked under a log. And, I mean, we're talking about if you live in a county, yeah. you know what I mean, and this county is filled with mountains, the chances of you finding a magazine that holds four or five bullets is yeah. pretty freaking slim. Yeah. Very and slim. he found it, and that night he shot his bull. Oh, my God. And wow. he spent four rounds. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, holy cow. Well, It would have been hard
2: to handle Woo! those every time. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. So very... Very cool story that, you know, kind of relays back to bring two of everything. Yeah. Because he did not have an extra clip. He just got really lucky. In the same
1: realm of things, bring two of everything, you know, uh, it doesn't hurt to have extras. But if, you know, in our case, four guys backpacking in, if you all have the same thing, but but not the one thing you do need, uh could make a big difference, you know. Uh, jet boils uh, doesn't take. Is that's how we. Uh, if you aren't familiar with jet boil, uh, I'm not actually uh, freeze-dried meals. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, boil water, pour it in. Uh, you know that they take up a lot of. One canister, I think we've been using the same canister, for uh, yeah. for a um, few years now. So. I think
2: we ran out of it with the first canister on year two, but I don't believe I've gone through two full canisters yeah. in four years.
1: So you can kind of help cut weight. As far as backpacking goes, you know, if Casey brings a jet boil, well, maybe he'll bring the jet boil, but I'll bring uh, two cans, two of cans fuel. Of, of fuel, uh, or, or you know, one can of fuel can sig- significantly get you through a trip, uh, and then that ways, you know, not everybody's carrying the same 40 pound load. Uh, if if Nick's carrying a certain, you know, entity, uh, you know, he's got you might knife and rope, you know, kind of. Kind of divvy the uh, the weight up, yeah.
2: uh, and that goes by how many people in your trip. I would not take one canister if you were backpack hunting with four guys, you know. No, no, you yeah. know you you would for sure have two, maybe even three, you know? Okay,
1: but there's just certain things that you don't need to bring multiples of, you know. Right. Uh, two good knives would probably be. Uh, so aside from leaving the dull knife at home, what uh, what would you bring that you think would help us out, Cameron? Um. I
2: don't know if it would help us out, but I know me as a hunter, the thing I would bring today if I was looking for out west would be rain gear. And the reasoning for that is just uh, a lot of times, as a guy from the Midwest, when you go out west or uh, you're traveling, you know, 800 to 1,000 miles out to hunt some animal, in my opinion, the worst thing that can happen to you is the weather ruin your hunt and stop you from wanting to go out um, as much as you maybe would. Because I'll be real honest, even um, whitetail hunting, um, I'm a guy that will sit the rain days out. Not necessarily because I don't like the weather or I'm, I can't sit in it. It's the things that happen, you know, if you make a marginal shot in the rain and, uh, you know, you got a, maybe a, you know, a little bit of a back hit on a deer in the rain, you're going to have a lot harder time finding that animal. It's just not something I really love to do. But, um, you know, when I'm back home hunting whitetails, I might sit out a couple days of rain, but if there's four or five days of rain forecasted, by day three, I'm probably gonna be out there. Probably gonna be a little bit wet and not happy, but uh, out west, you don't wanna waste that time sitting at camp, so I think rain gear would probably be the biggest thing for me. Um, is something I don't have right now that I'd like to uh, invest in eventually in the future, future for uh, hunts. Just so I can get my, you know, my full time when I'm out west, I want to be hunting. Yeah.
1: Not wasting days setting the camps. Right. And it's critical. I, I would just real quick
4: add to that is spend the money on it, you know, mm-hmm. buy good stuff. Because uh, frog dogs don't, don't always do yeah, it. Yeah, and we yeah. all
2: did. Me and Austin and Ryan, when we went to Idaho in 2017, we all bought frog togs, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah. Because we were <laughs> forecasting for rain. And we out. were pan we We knew we were going to get some type of wet weather and uh, frog togs ain't gonna hold up to mountain brush Doesn't they're gonna tear well. no, they no. don't breathe they rip holes it you're gonna be through. wet you're gonna be wet from sweat either way i mean yeah. you know if you can find a rain gear that can breathe semi you know a little bit i don't know i don't even know what how you put that in a class i don't know that much about it but uh i've looked at a lot of them and stuff and i know that some of them are made to shed water and breathe at the same time and that's not what we had for that trip no no that was rough that was rough
0: I'll say that my personal experience um, I went out of my way this year and I bought first light gear Mm -hmm. and uh, nice pretty pricey but uh, I stayed dry and I stayed dry in eight inches to a foot of snow you know windy days and I sat in the snow and stayed dry so, you know, that's, that's probably a rec- recommendation on my part. You know, I have no, you know, they're not paying me to say that. No, but, no, no, no. But, not you know yet. what I mean? Be yeah, lot right. Be <laughs> a lot if they and do.
2: I, I do want to plug something for somebody trying to save some money. Um, There's some, I, I have spent a lot of money in outdoor products, gear, clothing, all that stuff walmart wrangler outdoor pants <laughs> oh, they're great. Uh, oh my gosh they they have an articulated <laughs> knee in them they uh they shed water pretty well they dry out quick these things are 20 bucks people i mean uh this it, they've moved good. past they've moved past what austin was talking about earlier with outdoor <laughs> wranglers uh you know jean camo pants
1: um, we back to wranglers five I years mean, later i'm mean, i serious
2: you know i mean there are there are just a lot of things out there shop around um i bought i now own four pairs of these things and i wear them wore them every day on our out west hunt this year which we didn't hit a lot of precipitation but i have also wore them every day white tail hunting this year as well and uh for twenty bucks, I mean, yep. you can tear them up and go buy another pair. In case really. I got
3: something that even brighten your day even more about those. Uh, I, I was really listening to a it. podcast last week, and um, they were talking about those Wranglers. And for twenty six bucks, you can buy an insulated version Fuck of them. Yeah. My God! Oh man. my God! <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to look into <laughs> these Wranglers they're <laughs> <lying about laughs>
0: because I, I got they me love. I
3: got me a pair of them, and I love oh, them. Yeah. Now, oh
2: yeah! Now I don't get me wrong. Sitka, first light. There's a lot of companies out there that make amazing products. Yeah. yeah. And um, we've all here tried them. I mean, Steven, you said you had some first life stuff light. Yeah. going into your hunt. Was great. Um, I've had I've run some sick, stuff. Um, these guys have all ran QU and Sitka, I think. Yeah. Uh, I want
4: to just throw in those. I for this hunt alone, I just I needed some you know better brown colors, and I bought some five eleven brown pants right
2: you got them off amazon right yeah you got, you I, I think they're yeah those. they weren't very
4: high they, they were yeah. under
2: 50 bucks i think and they yeah. were, they did phenomenal to me they're a little baggier but yeah great comfortable and it's just uh there's some easy upgrades up there from cotton if you're gonna go out west uh there's some things that'll uh some things that'll really make a difference for you and in my opinion clothing's a big one yeah you know that's a huge one yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is i feel like we've hit on a majority of what you know, the basics are, and and you're not going to be surprised when you go out west and you haven't listened to this podcast. Because if you listen to this podcast and you're going out west, you're probably going to learn something, and and uh, you're going to be a little bit more prepared than you might have been had you not heard this podcast. So, I really appreciate you guys being on here. This was uh probably my funnest podcast, you know. That we've had so far, and uh, you know, I, I hope we get to come back on and talk more Western hunting because there is so much to cover that we probably didn't cover. You know, yes. But uh, if you're a beginner and you're going out west, you know, yeah. I encourage you to. I, I'm glad you you listened to this far. If you're hearing me rant on, uh, because there's a lot of good information in here, and you may have to listen to it twice. You know, grab a pen jot down some notes because there's a lot of good stuff in here and these are coming from guys that have been out there and done it before. So, once again, guys, thank you for coming on. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having us, Steve. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. it a blast, good time. Man. Cool. So, um, is there, uh, you guys want to share maybe how how we can get a hold of you if, if, if somebody had any questions for Western, Western hunting, maybe? Uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, social media kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phone number. Phone number. Hey, yeah. I you want know correctly?
1: anything about getting points, contact Casey Kimry. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't
2: know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm Casey Kimry. You can find me on Instagram, I guess. It's HerbBull5126. Uh, that's my name tag on there or whatever.
1: Um, I'm just Austin Carter. I uh, just got Facebook, keeping it simple. Uh, look me up on there. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Uh, no genius, but... Got a few years under my belt, and I'll, I'll help anybody out that's got any questions. Uh,
4: yeah, Ryan Hager here. Uh, probably the last person to contact, but just look me up <laughs> on
3: Facebook, Ryan Hager. Uh, Nick Scott. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, it's at uh, Nicholas Scott on Facebook or at Nicholas Scott on Instagram. All
0: right simple. On. Yep. Well, like I said, appreciate you guys, and I uh, hope you as the audience learned something and uh we'll be looking forward to the next western hunting podcast because this was a fun one so see you on the next one